plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's going to be a Judge Napolitano-less Tuesday because, uh, well, um, the judge takes a lot. You know, I told you about the judge, man. That dude, uh, he's got some royalty over there going for him over there at Fox News and, uh, he doesn't mess around. He takes a long, long vacation. A long vacation, people. This time I have uh, Pure Zero Rockstar going for me. I'm sorry, no. It's an ice-cold Budweiser. Ah, yes. You know what? I tell you, I have... um, I have... uh, You're right, Ben Murphy. It's time to double down on our support of President Trump, y'all. That's true. Listen, uh, yeah, today instead of Monster, it's Rockstar. 
I don't know what, I, I guess you got to have a certain thing to get into some of these filling stations to get in there. Because why you wouldn't have Monster Rehab is beyond me. But if you got Ice Cold Budweiser, I'm good. No, this is a rock star grape. It's like, okay, whatever. You know, mm. I'll go ahead and rock that. Boy, that tastes like that has some cancer in it. It tastes like I'm drinking cancer. Yeah. I know it's – in order to get to pure zero, I'm sure they have to put, like, something in there that makes it uh, whatever it is. But whatever this is, this is this tastes like cancer. But that's okay. I don't drink a lot of it, so, you know, mm, I'll deal with it that way. I'm sure that really ta- sounds great to have me, like, drinking, you know. Yeah, you're right. You know what, Margaret – it's better just to have an ice cold Coca Cola, you know. Why mess around with all the rock star things and all that stuff? You know, I can do without the sugar, but, uh, but yeah, rock star <laughs> grape, yeah, grape my ass. That's like uh, whatever chemical they came up with with that, that tastes like grape. Oh, this tastes like grape. This tastes like grape. We took the we took the job from the boy at Rala and came up with the grape flavor. Yeah, well, not anymore. Because we're going to change that whole, uh, we're going to ch- change that uh, that whole thing with your your visa programs. I got to tell you that. All right, so uh, today's going to be a relatively big day, although uh, you know for everybody. And boy, yesterday was a big day for Radio Free Almond. And you know what's sad about the whole thing? I can't tell you. So all I'm telling you is that 2019 is going to be awesome, and some great news coming our way. And I'm just telling you, things are kind of uh, breaking to the side here. And we're kind of breaking down to the, uh, there you go, Julie Jules, a little uh, iced tea intravenously. I love iced tea, though. Man, do I love iced tea. Julie, you're a North Carolina girl. You probably drink sweet tea. You got sweet tea going there, baby? I, I actually have, uh, I just drink regular old tea. Well, I don't drink regular old tea. The fact of the matter is, uh, oftentimes when I drink tea, I drink a little gin in the tea. I do, I do a, a I do a kind of a changeover on the so-called ice pick, and it's kind of an Arnold Palmer, although people call it a John Daly. So, uh, and they call it a John Daly because there's liquor in it. So I have the uh, iced tea, and I do and I, I I do gin, little Hendrix gin in the iced tea. And then I do the um, little splash of lemonade. And that's my drink. That's what I like to get at the Missouri Athletic Club. And have that, and it's good. Uh, Julie, see, I, kn- I should have known you had no sugar. Although I, I think in North Carolina they make you have sugar, but you say no sugar. That's good. I bet you in North Carolina you can't find a, uh, you can't find a tea that's unsweet there, I bet. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, uh, that's good. Uh, yep, that's right. I, I I knew that you had that going on. So yeah, I have a uh, yeah uh, Grand Monier in that uh, ice pick could make it even more refreshing. I bet it would. I got used to those things. I was at the pool one day. I had a little pool party actually for ninety seven one. My sales staff there, or the sales staff there. And it was a couple years ago, well, maybe like three years ago, and had that ice pick, which is normally vodka and uh, and 
iced tea and a little bit of lemonade, and that's an ice pick. Or sometimes it's just vodka and iced tea. But this, but then, then I started to put gin in it, and then a little lemonade, and that's my jam. I love, I love that drink. And so they call it the John Daly because it's got liquor in it, and you know that's probably not funny to John Daly, but who cares? They call it the uh, Jamie Allman at the Missouri Athletic Club. And people started drinking that, and they started getting the uh, getting that uh, getting that uh, drinking my gin. Then I then I go up there and get get a drink, and then they're out of gin. They're out of Hendrix. I'm like thinking, well, somebody's drinking my gin. Yeah, Fiji water. You think? Um, uh, thank you. You think uh, Fiji is really from Hawaii? Like, do you really think that comes from like it drops off of the uh, mountains of Hawaii? I don't know. Seems to me I'm. I have a feeling sometimes I'm paying a little bit for the for that flower on there, but I don't care. It sounds refreshing, right? Fiji, you know. I, and I have to admit, I'm one of those people who, you know, when I buy wine and stuff, uh, if I like the label, I'll buy it. Well, it depends on what what it is, obviously. But uh, I, I, I'm a label person. I, I do. I'm really shallow. I like that. I, I don't really bother with the whole that. And if it's uh, 12 and a half, 13, I'm good. 12 and a half, 13. Don't give me no 11.5. Don't give me no uh, 11. Give me 12 and a half, 13. That's how I'm going to go with, uh, with it, uh, with the wine. 12 and a half, 13, nice label. I'll pick it up. Sometimes if it's got a screw top, I'm even better off. Remember, you know, the screw top uh, has a bad reputation. They think that it makes the wine cheap. There are a lot of really good wines that are screw top wines. And uh, it's different now. Life, life has changed. And right, Jules, it's the artwork oftentimes I love. Like, uh, what is that one thing was called? It's a, it's not bicycle. It's something, uh, that has the naked lady on a bicycle. I like that one. I like that wine. I don't know what that's called. It's called gladiator, gladiator, uh, something like that. It's really good though. Really delicious. So, uh, we have, uh, we had, oh, Scotty, I'm, you can, you can definitely tell when I'm in a good mood. Wait a second. You guys, I'm always, I am. Am I, I, I'm always in a good mood. I really am. I don't have bad days. I don't know whether you guys can ever think that, I don't know when you guys, maybe you could tell when I'm tired, but I don't think you could tell when I'm like in a, I don't even, I don't even know what a bad mood is people. So generally maybe it's just that I, uh, I don't know if I do my B12, I have no idea. All I'm telling you is that, uh, I I tend to uh get it doesn't make you guys thirsty. It makes you guys feel like you could just go ahead and start uh drinking now, doesn't doesn't it? It's kind of like, you know, well, okay, six fifteen, five o'clock somewhere, boom, let's go. Let's do it. But then you, the whole rest of your day's ruined. So Anthony's like, I'm always grumpy. <laughs> I no, I, I generally am in a, a pretty good mood all the time. I generally don't really I don't get I don't really get grumbly, you know. Oh, maybe you're thinking giddy. Yeah, that's true. Uh a little bit like that. And I I have to tell you but but uh, yeah, things happened yesterday where you know we're kind of moving the uh uh cycles gladiator. That's right, brother. That's good. That's and that's called I got a beautiful label naked lady on a bicycle. I think at one point where did they some country or some state 
banned it. I think Alabama, somebody, Alabama banned Cycles Gladiator from its stores because it had, because the lady on the cover was naked. Well, on, on, on the cover, on the, on the label. Oh, well. So yeah, no, uh, we've got, boy, it's going to be, it's going to be really good news. It's all happening really quickly. Just so you guys know, uh, I'll be off Christmas week and then we're going to pop back on uh, early January. It's going to be like probably, I don't don't know exactly the date because we have to get uh, certain equipment installed and stuff like that, but we're going to get this thing going and, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're rolling as of, uh, as of January. It's going to be, it's going to be great and lots of things happening. Uh, with with Radio Free Almond 2.0, and you guys will be happy. Last night, I know I responded to a couple people. I guess it was on the Radio Free Almond page, and it was uh, because of the you guys were having trouble with the podcast. We had some uh, podcast technology or whatever, and you know, and and I was talking to Ryan about it, and I was like, uh, you know, and she has red hair, Jules. I know she does. And I was like, you guys, we we got, I said, not you guys, but I said, we got to get on these podcast technology people and the at people, and we got to get this shit together here. Cause I'm, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not doing this and having the, uh, this, this happening where we can't get, you know, we, we basic technology. I mean, we're kicking so much ass. I'm sorry, using two cuss words already before 620, but, uh, I won't use them again. It's early. Kids aren't up yet. It's fine. It's just us. It's just us talking. But you know, uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work this hard to have some Indian screwing with my technology here. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to get this thing off the ground together and and play some real ball here. And so I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do, uh, you know. Have to make sure that we we get this thing going and and uh, and no no problems no technological problems anymore because we we're competing with the big guys now and we're going to go full bore on the big guys and let's just get this together and make this happen. So I apologize to those of you who uh, did not have the podcast until like the, uh, as of the twelfth, but but Brian told me last night late that they were uh, downloading and ready to go and all that stuff. So. Um, we uh, we we have uh, settled that and and got that together. So for those of you who I contacted yesterday on the, on the Radio Free Allman page, I'm sorry about uh, the the lapses in our in our uh, podcast stuff. But we've got it all up and everything's good. And uh, that's uh, that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna roll. So uh, thanks for your patience. But we're gonna go ahead and uh, and let it ha- all happen. So. Yes, people. So this morning, we've got a lot going on. 10 o'clock our time is going to be the sentencing for Michael Flynn. And my prediction is based on the hackery that is represented by the FBI, based on James Comey admitting basically that they willingly, knowingly, and openly basically uh basically tricked Michael Flynn and obviously as a as a general I know the point people are making about how well he should have known he was talking to the FBI blah blah, blah. but but there's a really strong possibility that Michael Flynn uh just was 
thinking he was having some casual conversation uh, with the FBI and that the FBI came in and said, uh, oh, uh, why don't we go ahead and and uh, and and talk to this guy and we'll just kind of act like it's a routine interview about this and that. And so, uh, you know, that that's, I think, how it went down. And Comey made a really bad move. And, and Comey, by the way, I think I think Comey's a sick dude. I think I think he's he's got some real power problems. He's got some real issues. I think there was a commentator not too long ago that ta- called it tall man syndrome. I have nothing against tall man or short man or whatever, but uh, Comey seemingly has uh, a real. I saw him at Powell Hall, and I thought the guy needed medication. To tell you the truth, the guy had the guy was so narcissistic it was it was it was almost troubling i think it, it was probably even troubling to people who like the guy uh because we're sitting there and it's like man this guy is really full of himself oh you know this sing-songy a-holy holier than thou kind of attitude he had was just like wow this guy we're supposed to like James Comey is like an American hero. Is that what that we're supposed to to believe? And uh, and he's just bragging and talking about how important he is, and you know, talking about how his he's you know I, it's not, I have nothing against people talking about their wives, but dude, come on. I mean, usually that's a, you know they're they're well. Sally told me that Sally said I should. You know, it's like okay, I get it, dude. You're you're married. You're a good husband, whatever. But you know. Really, Sally tells you to do everything. Anyway, so he had that going, and I just there was just something very uncomfortable about it. Then the other day, he bragged about his, uh, yeah, Father Tom. His his pretension is just like wow, this guy is man. Talk about a guy who believes his own press, and 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 Peter Strzok and that whole gang up there. I mean, these guys act like uh, they've got. You know they're they're just they're they're unwieldy. So he, he bragged about the fact that he took advantage of a White House that was supposedly in disarray, which means he took advantage of a White House that didn't know how to lie and and didn't know how to uh, to uh, fake it. And and that's the thing in Washington. What's so surprising is it's it's kind of like you know when when President Trump. You know, talked about the wall, or talked about this, or or delivered on uh, his uh, some of his promises. It was like, well, well, you're not really supposed to do that. You're just supposed to promise you're going to do that. It's like when he moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Remember that uh, from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and people were shocked that he kept his promise. And because they're like, well, wait a minute. Normally, we just we lie about that kind of stuff. We don't really move it to Jerusalem. We just tell the Jews that when we're running for for office, and they and they normally believe us. So you know, we, we that's just the way the way it goes. So you, you're not supposed to tell the truth and really actually do it. But that's how things operate in Washington, you know. And so they tricked Flynn into this mess that he got in. Obviously, lying to the FBI is serious. You're not supposed to do that. I don't know what the nature of the lie was. But we'll find out because these supposed uh, 302s are going to be released today. 
and and they're going to be heavily redacted. But here's my prediction, and it's probably going to be – it's probably – I'll admit right off the bat it's probably wrong. But it's based on my my viewpoint of what should happen, and that is Flynn will walk. That Flynn will do no jail time. And I believe he'll do no jail time because I believe it's pretty clear that this was a corrupt uh, – indictment that this was a corrupt investigation and that this was a uh, situation where there was trouble with the entirety of the base of the investigation. Because remember, the judge wanted information about how this whole investigation went down. The judge asked for information about how this whole thing went down and asked for whatever documents they had and I think that's an indication that this judge was in a situation where they are going to uh, uh, look at the situation surrounding this. This Now, keep in mind, Scooter, Libby, and these guys, when they lied to the FBI, they did do time. I get it. But, I, you know, if it's if – it's, if they could give Cohen, who is an absolute corrupt, complete, total liar – a pass with three years on what should have been 25. I think they're going to, I think Flynn's going to walk and it's going to freak everybody out. And uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. As I said, Judge Sabatano is not uh, in today, uh, which is interesting, but, but I will have to tell you though, that he was on with Shepard Smith yesterday and he was pretty hardcore, and a lot of you it's have uh, oh, from President Trump. There's Shepard Smith. But look, you want to you want to ruin your morning, ladies and gentlemen, Shepard Smith. Anyway, he had Judge Napolitano on with him, and the judge who cannot be with me. He's he's uh, supposedly uh, he had some stuff going on this morning, but he's on a break. He he usually does a long Christmas break. That's my experience with him at ninety seven one. So uh, he's he was on a long Christmas break, but but his parting shot went like this. Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano was here. Hello, Judge. Hey, Chef. Earlier today, you said to Bill Hemmer he's going to talk to him one way or another, and by that I mean the president is going to talk to Bob Mueller one way or the other. You're like, look, they can sit down one on one with a lawyer whispering in in the, in the president's ear, right? Or a grand jury can subpoena him. Where you think that a grand jury subpoena is a real thing that might come for President Trump? Yes, I do. I think that Bob Mueller knows that he needs to lock the president in to a version of events before he takes the next step. Whatever the next step is, whether it's indictment or whether it's a referral for uh, you really think You really think Mueller might indict the president? Well, last week in federal <clears throat> district court here in New York City, a federal judge at the end of Michael Cohen's sentencing said... The president orchestrated and paid for this crime, the crime to which he was referring to one of the nine, uh, to which Michael Cohen had pleaded guilty. So you're saying the president's an unindicted co-conspirator? Yes. I'm also saying that there's ample evidence. This, this doesn't require too much analysis uh, to indict the president. The question is, do they want to do it? The DOJ has three opinions on this. Two say you can't indict a sitting president. One says you can. But all three address the problem of what do you do when the statute of limitations is about to expire? All three agree in that circumstance, you indict in secret, keep the indictment sealed and release it uh, the day he gets out of office. You can't let a person go scot-free because they happen to be in the White House. 
So that's the judge, and yeah, I know he was. He said he was on with Kill Me, but I, I, he's got. You know, he oftentimes he sometimes doesn't go on with me because he's. By the time he goes on with me at seven twenty, it's eight twenty, uh, New York time, and he goes to breakfast now, and he's uh, kind of on the on the morning breakfast lecture circuit. So I get him when I can get him. But anyway, this uh, this situation is. For a lot of you, disappointing because you're thinking, well, wait a minute. He just called President Trump an unindicted co-conspirator or whatever. But that, that's the judge's opinion uh, legally, and, 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 but this isn't going to happen. The, 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 President Trump will not be indicted, and, uh, and, and this is why we have so many problems right now with the stock market and beyond uh, the, the 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 situation here is is a bad one for most Americans because they are I told you yesterday this was kind of late in the day and I'll tell you this right now most Americans do not care about this crap they are just not they are fatigued by the Mueller investigation the the news media right now is basically at a at a point where it's busying itself with this kind of stuff that is just not important to most Americans. Uh, if you hate President Trump, it's important to you because you are uh, you, you, because because you're you're just wanting an outcome that's going to happen. You 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 if you if you hate him. Uh, that's what happens. Uh, Judge Napolitano, and I, I think I've detected this down the line, he's changed a little bit, as has a lot of people over at Fox News. They're trying to kind of be more, you know, middle of the roadie, and I, I, I get it. But the environment, I just told you yesterday, 47. I was talking to Ethan last night about some things because uh, there are some people who are, um, the, the economy, there are some people who are very, jumpy about the economy and Ethan was telling me that you know he's noticing that in his work his line of work uh, uh very jumpy about the economy and it's because they're seeing what's going on nationally and with the stock market and everything else and the problem with that is that a lot of that is artificial the feds won't friggin leave this administration alone they keep talking about increasing Interest rates, which is ridiculous, which expands, of course, the quantitative easing, which is always a response to interest rates. It's flooding money into the financials to make it easier to lend, and uh, that creates a problem. Uh, that that creates a bubble. That's always going to be a problem. I'm not going to get into it. Like I, I, I told you all about it yesterday, late. So the the problem we have here is uh, that that the Feds during the Obama administration, it was zero percent. For eight years, the interest rates, zero, zero. And now suddenly we've gone through the Trump administration and there have been, I think, already two and there are quite possibly three increases in the interest rates now during the Trump administration, first two years of it. And so that's inexcusable. That's, that's a Fed that has run amok. That's a Fed that's trying to slow things down. And in my opinion, it's no different than the swamp trying to obstruct the president. They need to leave. The feds need to stop what they're doing. How you could possibly do this at a time when we're suddenly taking a competitive advantage and everything else uh, with no inflation 
It's inexcusable right now to raise interest rates. It makes no sense at all. And uh, again, you have the specter of quantitative easing, and and you have the, this this basically what the, the, it's the easing part is the is the word you need to know, and that's to make it easier for lending institutions and financials to to lend money, and so they flood the market, they buy securities, and they uh, it's it's complicated, but the fact that it's it's causing problems. And that's why you're seeing what's going on, the tumult in the stock market, and you're seeing people who are unsure and unsteady. Uh, and, and that's because that's the, that's the one thing, that's the one thing that Americans can see every day in their lives, and that's the economy. And so the puppet masters and the globalists and the uh, people who are in a situation where they, they don't want the president to succeed, want to get you where it hurts. They want to, because you don't care about Flynn. You don't care about Cohen. You don't care about Russia. You don't care about collusion. You don't care about Mueller. You don't care about any of the stuff that they're bothering the president about. So what do they have to do? They have to get you where you care. And they managed to do it by jacking the economy up and, and, and making it harder to do business. There's no reason why we ought to be having problems with the stock market right now. There's no reason why there ought to be talk about financial crisis right now. No reason except for the button pushers who are making things happen up there. No reason. And, and I mean, that's that's my opinion, obviously. I don't have... You know, I'm just telling you, it stands to reason. Look at look at what's happening around us. Look at where people are most finally in their lane when it comes to wages, jobs, expandable business, and everything else. Uh, look at where everybody is very happy right now. And that's where the anti-Trumpers and the people who are still assert over the election are starting to needle in and mess around and that's with the economy now it's the one thing that insulates president trump from concerns is the economy and the economy has been doing great unemployment we're almost at full employment in this country we have a oil rich texas right now third largest oil producer in the world not the united states texas We've got, uh, and, and, and speaking of Texas, 32% decline in, in applications for food stamps in Texas. And it's directly related to oil. It's directly related to what's happening in the economy in Texas. Uh, 32% drop. 47 of 50 states have reported drops in food stamp applications. That's because Americans are starting to prosper. Wages are starting to increase. People are starting to get jobs, become employed. And, and then once the president, and, and let me tell you something, the, the stock market and, and the people who run the money in this country hate it when things are good. The stock market hates a strong economy. They don't like full employment. I mean, I don't know why it is, but the stock market is not happy and not friendly to to economic prosperity for you. 
and, and, and the stock market and the globalists who run it do not like crackdowns on immigration because it's all cheap labor for all the corporatists around the world. It's all designed to undercut you. So they don't like make moves that are made on as it relates to immigration. They don't like President Trump talking about closing the border. It turns off the spigot for these guys. GW and the rest of the gang and HW and Clinton and all the rest of the gang, the Republicans and Democrats, all have been conspiring against you for 25 years to flood this damn country with cheap labor for their corporatist masters. That's how. That's why we're in a situation with immigration right now. How is it also possible? And now I'm getting pissed. Take my coat off. I've done this, but I've been in this situation before, and I've told you guys about this before. The the uh, the nothing pisses off the stock market more and the others more. Then when, for instance, you start making changes in the green card visa program, it, it pisses voters off, I'll tell you that, because let me tell you something, what happened to the guy in Kansas? What happened to the Republican in Kansas when he, uh, when, when he started pushing for an expansion of the green card system in this country? What happened to him? He's a Republican. He lost his election. I told Mark this yesterday because Mark still thinks this is always like some kind of Democrat uh, blue wave or some baloney like that. No, the Republicans, some of them that were, were turned out were either Mia Love, who was an idiot, who decided not to, 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 to pretend she didn't know President Trump, and this jackhole there in Kansas who lost an election because he came up with a grand idea to add an amendment to the DHS budget that would expand the green card system here, flooding the market with people from India and China for tech jobs, Telling us, oh, these are the best and brightest around the world. That's what we need. It's too bad American kids didn't study math in eighth grade. Then we wouldn't have this problem. We need smarter, blah, blah, blah. And it's a complete and total lie. It's a fabrication. Most of these people from India and China coming here are dumb as a stump. They're no smarter than, 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 than the, certainly than the person who comes from Rala. But they're dumb, needy, they want American jobs, and they want their families to come after them, and they want a quick path to citizenship. That's how they do it. And we hand out these green cards like M&Ms. And, and let me tell you something. They have, they have, uh, they have uh, temp agencies, basically. That's what these are. They're temp agencies, you should have heard back in the day, people don't, didn't realize this. Hillary Clinton went over to India famously promising them what they were going to be doing to the visa card system. And again, I don't need a, I don't need a, uh, a damn wall. We need to cut off this green card stuff right away. That's, that's where the real that's where the real Americans are getting hurt. I'm talking about graduates from, high, from college and others who can't find jobs because some dude from India has it, and now he's getting bottle service at Mandarin with all of his buddies and, 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 and training people. I'm telling you, look around you, look what's happening.
So, again, the stock market hates it when when mechanisms are made to help the average, everyday American worker. The stock market can't tolerate it. So when you talk about closing the border, when you talk about immigration reform, when it comes to cheap labor coming in here uh, for the for the corporatist masters that run that that flood money into campaigns the stock market reacts because they don't like that the stock market only likes it when you're in pain and that's how things work and you know what then uh, if 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 you're not in pain and you're and you're caught with a wage increase or whatever then the fed moves in and jacks up interest rates because they keep trying to to mess around with things so uh, again, who needs impeachment when you have all these people, these these uh, these button pushers, who are, and and dial movers who are trying to manipulate the system against you? The immigration system is all about hurting you. It, it, it's it was never about freedom. It's never about the Statue of Liberty. It's all about hurting you. And so we've got the media, which is uh, incessantly obsessed with President Trump and 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 Jeannie Moss, who, by the way, uh, I, I can't tell whether she's a man or a woman. Jeannie Moss, they never really knew one way or the other, but she's on Aaron Burnett's out front. And once again, they're, they're talking about the the media uh, uh, about President Trump as a as a mob boss. You know, they love. Bab- babbling on about that. to his former attorney as a rap for talking to the government. Critics came scurrying. Um, frankly, makes him sound more like a mob boss than president of the United States. And not for the first time. The president had previously tweeted about a John Dean type rat, prompting someone to ask sarcastically, is this your James Cagney imitation? Yeah, right. Just read that from Twitter. Why don't you, Cheney? So that that that's what's about that's that's the kind of reporting we're getting. So we're getting all these uh, il- illusions and all these all these unicorn vision pres- presentations from the media, which will t- describe him as some kind of mob boss. After they lauded, they they couldn't stand Cohen seven months ago. They couldn't stand Cohen during the election, and now he's he's an American hero. He's Nathan Hale all of a sudden. Sword, come on. And again, the the worst part about all this is the stock market situation, and 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 the, and the situation regarding uh, the uh, the stocks and the interest rates and everything else. These people, uh, they 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 don't like success for you. They like success for the corporatist masters. They don't like success for you, which is why they're always pissed when 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 there's discussions of of getting cracking down on immigration and cracking down on uh, on the visa on the green card thing. That's that thing. Pay attention to this. If there's a Republican who goes ahead goes ahead and votes for the uh the the DHS budget that includes this amendment that expands the green card system they need to be turned out and primaried in 2020 i don't care who they are but if there's any republican who votes for that budget what they do is they stick it into a larger budget and then the republicans who vote for it say yeah well we had to vote for that because in order to get that we had to vote for this and the problem is the president we got to watch him too because 
if he wants that wall so badly, there will be people who say, yeah, well, if you want the wall so badly, then let's go ahead and, and, uh, and, and make sure that you go ahead and approve this expansion of the green card system, and he'll cut a deal. We got to make sure they don't do that and, and, and focus on these Republicans and Republicrats who are continuing along the 25-year reign of screwing you. And at some point, you got to make you, you, you got to make changes here. But you guys, that that bill is a dangerous one, and and you got to keep an eye on this because it'll it'll happen right before your very eyes, and you won't know what hit you. But a, a Republican in Kansas was defeated in the midterms because he supported this bill. He introduced this amendment. It's in there. It's 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 right in there right now, and you have to absolutely uh, battle this and make sure it doesn't pass. And make sure the president doesn't bargain your children's and and your jobs away with with the acceptance of this particular amendment. It must be defeated. And and, and the president obviously is trying to get that wall, and so they they are, uh, you know going to try everything to if they're going to give them anything they're going to try to stuff as much as they can in there to 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 appease their corporatist masters and that green card situation is going to be a great example of that so keep an eye on that and make sure you don't uh you, you don't get uh tricked by the whole thing so back to my original point regarding Flynn and regarding the swamp and regarding what happened there uh, my prediction is Flynn is going to walk. He should walk. This was a complete hit job. He pleaded guilty to something that he 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 didn't do, a, a crime he didn't commit. He was being bankrupted. Mueller was threatening him with uh, with his son's prosecution, and I hope the judge actually in the sentencing calls out the federal government and calls out the special prosecutor. I don't assume that's this is going to happen that i don't i don't think that's going to going to happen that's that's my wish uh and and i and i hope uh i i hope that it happens i hope that the the government is admonished it's 302 uh special counsel release is going to be happening simultaneously and uh they they gave the court this 302 form which basically is uh the recountation of the of the interview and all that kind of thing. Prosecutors say he lied in the interview uh, regarding this discussion with with uh, Russia and the uh, uh, ambassador there. Uh, and and it's impossible to know for sure whether or not Flynn lied to the FBI without seeing this transcript of the conversation with the ambassador, which I'm sure will be heavily redacted. And, uh, and and so we'll see how it all goes. But Flynn should not be sentenced to jail. Hopefully, a judge is going to uh, is going to give him probation or whatever. And that's how it ought to work out. This Mueller investigation is corrupt. Mueller is severely compromised. The FBI, the basis on which this entire operation has been. Uh, focused is corrupt, flimsy, and full of holes and full of bad players. This Peter Strzok guy ought to be strung up. 
We're, we, we, we've been told for two years now what patriots all the people in the intelligence community are. Well, it sounds to me like they're a bunch of rats, and I'll be glad to adopt President, Bo- President Boss's language here. President Mob Boss. We could use a mob boss in the White House right now, I'll tell you that. So boss away, buddy, because uh, because some people need to be bossed and and put in their place. So this thing is corrupt, and, and from the from the time from the bottom up, and it goes all the way to the FBI and beyond. So that's what's going on there. It's crazy. People drive me nuts. Not happy with people. Not you, but you know what I'm talking about. And the media, they just cannot stand this. They can't stand what's what's happening out there. They they can't stand how things are rolling with the, with the economy and and between the media and the uh, and, and the and the and the uh, and the Fed Federal Reserve. These guys are all pushing buttons and pulling strings and stuff because they can't stand the fact that you're happy. And, and you know what? The biggest news yesterday should have been that 47 states saw drops in applications for food stamps, even though food stamps actually are easier to get than they were 10 years ago. So, you know, that, that, that should tell you everything you need to know about how things are going. So that's right, people. So what are we doing here? Oh, you know what? I didn't do the national anthem yet. I need to do that. Uh, I saw Young Dave MacArthur, who is uh, popping in. I talked to you about him yesterday in Moose and and that great story. So Dave's going to come on in. Dave has been a fighter for a long time for uh, the working man, uh, even during Romney's campaign and everything else. And uh, then Dave MacArthur became a, a fighter for Moose, too. And so uh, Daddy's here. We're going to talk to him and uh, Patriot, Citizen, Father, uh, is Dave MacArthur. He's going to pop in with us, and we're going to have a good conversation about that. Uh, lots. To, I wish I could tell you about all the th- great things that are happening uh, now uh, with Radio Free Almond 2.0. I, I will tell you that we are going to be, uh, and I love these guys here at Gaslight, and and but 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 we have have to switch uh, venues eventually uh, to to c- carry on with Radio Free Almond 2.0. So we're going to be leaving Gaslight. Uh, this Friday is going to be the last time you're going to see uh, any of this right here. Uh, it, it's not going to be the last time you're going to see some of this stuff, but this is the last time you're going to see this actual studio here because we are going to be uh, uh, moving uh, moving the studio, and uh, it's going to be uh, really great, great things happening. And some of it actually is uh, hugely pleasantly a surprise which you'll you'll see uh, down the line and I, I can't say a word to anybody about about it right now but eventually it's going to be uh, it's going to be happening and and going to be uh, a pretty interesting development there all good you know all all uh, positive things and all uh, all good stuff I'm, I'm trying to get uh, to, to when we start anew and figure out what we're going to do, uh, uh, you know, if 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 Matt still wants to wake up this friggin' early in the morning, trying to get him to do some work with us when we uh, when we move, and so uh, I hopefully, uh, you know, at some po- at some point in some fashion, Matt's going to be uh, sticking with us in in some way, shape, or form, 
And then, because uh, I love working with him, he's a great guy, and and we've had a we've had a pretty interesting run for six what is it, six months? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've since then, and, and Matt's been a great uh, cheerleader for Radio Free Almond and, and a great guy. So hopefully, we'll, we're going to work out where we can be, uh, you know, uh, we could be still be together. And so, yeah, we've got uh, a ton of. Uh, uh, stuff uh, going on and st- stuff to tell you about and and but but I, and so Christmas week I'll be doing I'll be back and forth on things on Facebook probably but we'll be off Christmas week and probably first couple of days of January and then we'll pop back on at a theater near you and it'll be great you'll uh, you'll love it and we'll uh, we'll all be uh, it'll be fantastic we're gonna have. Uh, phones and there'll be there'll be finally be a phone number you can call in the call in and uh, we got a lot of work to do. Part of part of that too is the, the fact that we're off is we've got a lot of work to do to get the the new place up and uh, up and going. So it's going to be it's a it's a lot of uh, work, uh, and so I'll be spending most of Christmas week and the uh, Christmas week after. When is Christmas? Is it Tuesday or something? Tuesday, Tuesday, oh Monday, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. See, this is where this is where I start to get. This is around the time of of year I get lost. I can't keep anything straight. Let's see, uh, Sunday, Monday. Let me see. Hold on, you guys just told me, but I okay, it's Tuesday. So, yeah, so that that week, thirty first, no, first, no. So it would be uh, Wednesday, probably the second or third, if we're lucky, and we'll be back in, the, in that form. I'll be back on either way the new year, but but uh, whether that will have all that stuff ready to go. But yeah, we'll have uh, phones, and I mean it'll be just kind of it'll be groovy. You guys will look, gonna love it, and 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 uh, you'll be <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll be pleasantly surprised at the at the new venue at least for now. We'll we'll figure it out. So it'll be it'll be interesting to to say the least. And so uh, all that's good. And we then 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 that's when we start to populate the network with everybody. Uh, Lacey Reinhardt from uh, hauntedstltours.com. She's gonna have her paranormal show. We're gonna have Casey with his uh, with his hour of idiocy. And we're gonna we're still trying to talk to Ben and and Sonny and those guys about their show. I have. Well, um, I'm actually I'm actually having dinner uh, with Eric Greitens tonight, uh, and and we're working on some stuff with him to uh, to get to, to get on the on the show uh, on the network and working on some things a project with him. So I'm going to be seeing him tonight. I'll let you know how that goes. And then let's see what else. Oh, we've got a uh, few other people in the works. We're going to be getting uh, uh, Doug Giles in uh, Heritage Foundation, Jim Carafano, and those guys. We're going to uh, have them have an hour, and so we're going to be author to the races on top of me being also on a dial program uh, on a dial position. So going to be on a uh, on a radio dial by that time as well. Maybe not by. That first week of January, but in that vicinity there, we're going to add the dial portion of it. To a lot of you, the dial thing isn't a big deal uh, because it's a uh, – it's uh, you guys are already listening here. And I've already, I already have more listeners than than 
most of the morning radio shows that are in our genre are, are on right now. So I already have more listeners. That's without people actually being on a dial. So we've already have more listeners than those folks. And, and, and so the dial position adds another component to everything. Uh, but that'll be an interesting development as well. And that'll be a uh, – I'll have a morning show on the radio. It shouldn't change too much for you guys. It might change a little bit of the rhythm in terms of breaks and things like that. I might have to uh, – I might have to – you know, take a take do do the kind of the old school. Hey, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. Welcome back, and all that baloney. But that's but but I'm going to try to expand things as much as I can because you guys have gotten used to the uh, <laughs> not having to break off for ten minutes or that kind of thing. So that's going to be our goal, though, in terms of the they call them stop sets. And what happens is a lot of radio stations they do these stop sets. And they go off into their commercials. And one of the beauties of uh, not having as many stop sets and trying to rework things is that I can I can serve my advertisers better. Like right now, I got you right. I got I got you listening to me right now. Perfect time for me to talk about Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor. Window treatments, we call them window fashions. He's going to be celebrating 45, 46 years, 45 years in the window treatment business as of January. Started when he was a young whippersnapper, went out on his own, developed a formula that is beyond compare in terms of having a a seven-day-a-week operation, mobile design unit, right at your doorstep, comes in, he's your interior designer, he can size up a room for you. A lot of people just want to be told what they need. They don't want to sit there and go back and forth and argue with their wives and husbands, blah, 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 about what's happening. This way, he could come in, relieve you all that of all that baloney that you have to go through all the time, back and forth, and he'll come in and, and, and suggest what you might need for your home. And that in itself is a great value. And that's Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. See how that works? And I didn't sit there and say, we'll be back. Because what happens is sometimes when you say we'll be back, everybody's going away with you. And that doesn't help the advertiser a whole lot. So even when I'm on dial, we will make every effort to make sure that uh, the people who support the show are going to be, you know, are going to be – we're going to be satisfied, and, and, and I always have worked hard for my advertisers, and we're going to do the same uh, when we get in the dial. And, uh, yeah, Dan, no, everything goes. we got to take the leg lamp with me. You know, everything, everything's going. So um, really love this place, but we, we are going to take it one step further, and, and the phones are going to be a big deal. Really wanted the phones, uh, but what we're going to attempt with, this, with the way things are going to go is to, is to uh, keep the clutter down, you know what I mean? Uh, that's that's been a that's been the issue a lot with radio, and people get frustrated and things like that. So there'll be a little bit of a change in how things work. But keep in mind too, those of you who are on Facebook, and those of you who are on the stream and everything else, um, are going to probably mostly Facebook. The show, even if we break, is still going to kind of go on because I'm going to be on Facebook still. So we're not going to go dark on Facebook. We'll have some ads and things like that on it, but. We're not going to just shut Facebook down, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have that for you as well. And then the next step after we get back into radio and back fully on 
the next step will be uh will be TV and then we'll figure out how we're going to how we're going to get back into that at that point. And then uh hopefully uh I can um celebrate the anniversary of my firing by divvying out hot poker awards to all of the, the people out there. And then you and I will have fun. And I got to tell you, I, I sent some notes to a couple people yesterday, and and ultimately I have to um, I have to send some notes out to you all because I'll tell you, this never, none of this stuff would have happened. There's the leg lamp right there. None of this stuff would have ever happened without you, without your support, without you people coming on every single morning and joining me and being huge cheerleaders for Radio Free Allman and uh, all, all of that. And and so I, I really, I can't thank you all enough, but I will on a more formal level uh, thank you all. So this is not, this is not the sum total of my thanks. I will tell you that uh, for sure. Anyway, I'm going to take a break here because we're going to get the national anthem. Then my buddy Dave McCarthy is going to be in and uh, we're going to be uh, having some more fun. And I've, I haven't talked to Dave in a long time. Can't wait to catch up with him. And Dave has a few uh, a few pieces of news for you, and also a few things to say just about what's what's happening. I talked to Dave yesterday about uh, about Dave yesterday about his experience putting in a bakery in Chesterfield, and, and I, because we were talking about we were talking about regulation and all that kind of stuff, and how all that is, you know, the fact the mere fact that Donald Trump is is uh, is doing uh, is is on a deregulation tear is is good enough for for a lot of us because that's an important consideration and and, and really uh, a, a, an amazing thing that he's doing and, and so important. If you just talk to anybody, ask ask anybody who does it how difficult it is to dig a freaking ditch in this country. And, and you'll see what life is like for these people. And you'll also have a greater appreciation for business owners who oftentimes, like Dave did, they succeed in spite of the government and not because of it. So just so you know. Tammy, thank you so much. I, I Thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate that. And Tammy Knight, thanks so much for your support. And Anna, uh, and, uh, and thanks. And Kevin, thank you, buddy. Uh, appreciate that. And Margaret, thank you as well. So just uh, going to continue on. And without further ado... Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. That you're too good to be true They tell me over and over There's something better for you We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios For all of your fleet needs If you're a business person If you're a hauler If you're a builder If you're a tinker, a tailor, a candlestick maker Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing has a truck for you. Wrap a Vento hoist. You want a conveyor, anything you need. Discovery Design has it for you. DDTruckUSA.com. And Rick Post going to be in actually tomorrow. Uh, these guys are with Arrowhead Building Supply. That's another example of people who... Uh, came up and helped me out greatly. Arrowhead, when I left 97.1, they left 97.1 too, at least in the morning. And they said, we're not, we're not, they warned 97.1, they said, we're not, uh, we're not advertising with you if you do this. If you get rid of him, we're gone too. Just like Eric Deputy did. And, uh, and so, they, they left they sure as hell left, in the morning at least. And uh, Rick Pogue was serious when he told them that. And obviously they, they you know, people there at 97.1, the, the, the good guys out there uh, are still good people. But I'm just telling you that when this happened, that they left. And then what they did was, and because of my contract, which now has been erased, thanks to me suing Intercom, uh, which I so I don't have a I don't have a contract anymore, so it means I don't have any non competes, which means I can do whatever the hell I want, which is really what I wanted. I could have waited till July to see if they were gonna some jury was gonna give me money, or I could just simply say, Let me get out and make it. And I'll 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 go ahead and I could I, it's easier for me to make money than it is to wait for it, that's for sure. So I said, tear up my contract, pretend you never knew me. And I'll be fine, and so we don't have any contracts. So I, but I wasn't able to talk to Arrowhead at the time. So you know what they did? They went ahead and said, well, we know what we'll do. We'll just, uh, we have this new company. We'll funnel the money through that way, our new company. And so Rick Pogue and Jerry and those guys, and I remember talking to Jerry Pogue about it right at the beginning, and he said, we just want to help you. We just want to support you somehow. And so... Uh, so they did. So the, the, the Arrowhead's awesome, man. And besides that, they were pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That is another longtime friend of mine and good man, Dave MacArthur. And boy, Dave, we've been, uh, 
Boy, we, we've been through a lot together, uh, and and you obviously with MacArthur's Bakery is such a such a great uh, support of the Common Sense Radio, which by the way will be back. I'm telling you that that's another thing with Radio Free Almond 2.0 is that. Uh, you're going to hear Common Sense Radio quite a bit, which is what I came up with, by the way, in 2005 when I regenerated the show. I came up with Common Sense Radio because I even knew then that it, it couldn't be Republican radio because Republicans weren't necessarily helping people either. So we had to figure out a way to kind of cut through the, the stuff and, and and know that there were politicians on both sides and both parties who were not doing good things for us. Yeah. Any evolution? It's funny. You've moved on. Uh, we've moved on. Yeah. You know, the family sold the bakery, and right. It's uh, now a you know great history. Yeah. Great history. But you know, it goes back to Russ Carnahan and Cap and Trade. That's right. when it all began. And you know what? The Democrats are teetering with that all over again. I know. You know? I know. What a, you know, I remember being on Fox and and talking about you know it's real simple to enforce cap and trade. Just get rid of people. <laughs> You right, know, right. Uh, talking all about that and how that you know the more you produce, the more energy you need. Well, it's simple. If you don't want to burn energy, get rid of people. Right. Cut but your even, business back. Even before that, Dave. Though, remember, uh, John McCain was a cap and trade uh, guy. I know, and, and he was running for president in two thousand eight. And I remember, I remember even then, we knew the the perils of cap and trade, and that was a great indication of how you know Republicans can are obviously. There are a lot of really good ones out there and, and ones that we should be supporting, but not all of them have the right idea. A lot of them have been pretty swampy. La publicrated. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's the third party <laughs> we don't really hear about sometimes. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and finally with President Trump, what we got, President Trump saved the Republican Party. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the country. Yes. In my eyes. I mean, where we were headed, just just think of Hillary in there right now. Everything we've gone through, everything that would be right now, I mean, we'd be pushing cap and trade to the hilt all over again, Obamacare, pushing it up, all these things, I just, and what's happening in the Justice Department and and where that could have went, I mean, all that buried and all that taken to a higher level, every, every day I say my prayers, thank you, good Lord. We never would have known anything about that. Can you believe that? You know, I go back to the night of the election. I went to bed. I was, I, I was so distraught. I, I, I couldn't watch. I mean, I was, you know, I went out and bought an AR the week before because I figured it was last chance. Okay. Right. I mean, right. I mean that was my faith in, in, in what we had our chances of winning. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, woke up the next morning and it was just like, oh my God. I know. It was, you know, party time while the other side was mopping in their tears. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember that evening, too. But I remember, though, that morning with all the votes going out and all the, all the lines in Festus and beyond. And I was thinking, oh, this thing is not going to work out the way I think they planned it to be. And then by about 8 o'clock, I'll never forget, I was at, the, uh, at a hotel, hotel you know, ballroom and Jim Talent was there. And they were crunching some numbers. And it was the New York Times that first came out, it was about 8 o'clock in the evening, with a graph that was, uh, I don't know what exactly what the graph said, but it was basically, I think by the time that time around, Hillary Clinton and all those guys knew they were toast. When the, te- when the tears started to flow at <laughs> CNN? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and that, was a, that was a big deal. But you were uh, very prominent in the 2012 election yep. uh, during Romney's time. 
Romney should have won that election, by the way. I don't. I, I was. I was actually surprised he lost. Uh, you know what? He he failed to talk to the people. Yeah. You know, you, you stay in. And what I learned so much about when I was doing all that time on Fox News, there's such a bubble there. They are. They live in that bubble that they don't know what the real real heart of the country was. And that's what Donald Trump did so well. You know, he knew where to go after that vote. Romney couldn't let go of the bubble. Mm -hmm. And his handlers were all from the bubble. And I, you know, it's the one time I was on Fox News and had the opportunity to, you know, talk about uh, uh, at that time the the treasurer, Secretary of Treasury, and, you know, if you ever had a chance to to be with him, what would you say to him? And I said, well, I'd like to stop at a gas station and say, uh, you know, uh, here, now it's your turn to put fuel in the car. Oh, do you know where that little door is on the side? I mean, these people literally, they don't drive for a living. They don't handle themselves. They don't know what you and I go through every day. You know, that's back in the day when I, and on to Romney and with that whole thing, I said, this economy will never recover until we see $2.25 to $2.50 gasoline. And, and, and people go, but, but why? And I said, because we have people where I come from that pay more for gasoline than they do for their mortgage payment right, every month. Right. Out there, they have no clue. They don't own a car. They take a train. Are they, are they in such a money bubble? It's of no concern to them. Right, you know, somebody's right. fueling the car for them. They don't have yeah. no clue. They don't even have. They, they don't even get a paycheck. They're no. living off whatever dividends they have. Yeah. And you know, I think that's the difference with Trump. Even though Trump, you know, some people say he was born with a golden spoon. I'd just like to say, yeah, he was born with a golden spoon, but he turned it into platinum. Right. But he all he never lost that touch when he was dealing with the unions, dealing with the workers, building hotels, showing up on the job site, talking to people, shaking hands. All of those things that I don't see that any other politician has done for, what, the last 60 years? Right, right. And, 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 and that was the key. It, it, like, if you, even if you go to France, I noticed yesterday that one of the Fox News uh, commentators, one of, the, one of the journalists was over in France reporting on it and, and said that the uh, people were anti-government protesters. I go... No, because that's what they call it, the Tea Party. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, I, I was there. The anti-government, <laughs> and I, they're not opposed to government. Uh, they're opposed to what the government is doing. So yeah. you can't you can't talk, call them anti-government protesters. They're they're people who are protesting taxation, and also though from the business standpoint, especially when it comes to cap and trade, uh, they their people were. Uh, didn't uh, you had to speak out because you were a business person who was going to directly see because you used ovens. Yeah, and, and electricity, know, yeah, and air conditioning. Oh, air conditioning! You, you know all those things that it, you had to have refrigeration, right? Right. You know? Oh, electric. Oh, gas. Oh, you know everyday things. And the, again, the the bigger you got, the more you had to were going to get taxed, right? So success. It was another way of taxing private individual success, right? Right. You Which I, and 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 the regulatory environment, everything else. President Trump is is doing. Uh, you know, it's too too bad you uh, can't benefit from that now because you don't have. But 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 he he did. Oh yeah, no. Well, I do benefit our company now that I work for. I work for a small business company, forty five employees. We're you know we distribute bakery ingredients. I had to stay in the had to stay in the oh, trade. Yeah, sure, That's yeah, what yeah. I know. But, you know, we've benefited hugely from it. We just bought a new truck. We bought a new generator last year that that now we are 100% energy sufficient if the electric goes out. All of that money that came back in the tax 
the boss didn't put that in his pocket. Right. And went right. into investment in the business. The only way you can con- – and this is what big government doesn't understand because when they need more, they just go to the pool and grab it. Uh-huh. Small business, you know, the Rick Pogues of the world, he needs a truck. He's got to have a truck. He can't go to the bank and say, oh, last year I'm, I, I, I didn't make any money. In fact, I'm in the red, but I want to borrow another $120,000. Mm-hmm. No, he has to make a profit to keep his business in business, right. to keep his employees getting a paycheck. And, and, you know, I always think to myself, you know, you look at government and it's like, what, 60, 70% of our elected officials are lawyers. Well, you know, you come from a, from a family, and that's not to knock all lawyers, but maybe I will. Um, <laughs> but it's like, okay, you've got to go to court, but you've got to hire a lawyer. Lawyer needs more money because the cost of business goes up. They raise their rates. Where else are you going to go? Right. Right. So the mindset that our that our politicians have come through in their successful business careers has always been one of essentially no competition. You don't have to compete against the the small hardware ice hardware store doesn't have to compete against the Home Depot who gets a tax credit for the next seven years or you know not to pick on anyone in but you that's the I, mindset yeah, sure. that yeah. these people come from. You know you're looking at a guy that I cringe every time I have to go into a chain. I support small business because I know what these men and women have gone through. I know what you've gone through. This money didn't just create itself. There was no well. You've put everything you've got to keep it going and to reach out and take a chance and do it all over again. Right, right. And that's what politicians don't understand. And, and you know, small percentage of them, but uh, – and then they get to the bubble and they fall into that mass of – and it takes them a couple of years to lose in touch with reality and – you know, uh, that's just the world we live in. Yeah, you know, and, and the see, lobbyists come along. Oh, hey, sixty grand a year to serve on our board. Oh, I don't have time. What do I got to do? Well, you can come to Bermuda for one meeting a year, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, but by the way, I need your vote. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too, in terms of of knowing what people go through, small businesses, and 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 all you have to do, first of all. To, to, that, that's why small business people tend to be a little more conservative than others is because they write a check every quarter to the government. And if, if, and if everybody had to do that, oh, yeah. I think it would be a much better I've, situation. I've said a long time ago, what everyone should have to t- pay their own taxes. Yeah. Because you ask the average person, they know what their take-home pay is, but they don't know what their, right. their, you know, their gross pay was before they got paid all the taxes. Out. Right. Um, it's and, like – after the fact, I've got this much money to spend this week. Well, not really. You had this much money to spend this week, right. but Uncle Sam already took his portion, whether you needed it or not this week. Right. And 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 Dave, you know, and that's too knowing small business people. You have to also uh, understand that uh, the the small business people do, in fact, put that money back into their businesses that they're they're generally are not individuals who are just going to buy a more expensive car when they have more money it's the natural inclination of a small business person to reinvest overage into their yeah, businesses you, you to, to make to. it work for yeah, them. Yeah, you have to today. I mean, you yeah. can't just you, you can only go up. If you you know, in small business there's no such thing as stay in neutral. And so if you're not putting that money back in and and you know God love it, I my boss that owns my company I pray every day that there's a portion there for him to take to keep his incentive to own that company because I can trust him. But if, you know, you take his incentive out of it, who else is going to come along? Yeah. You know, if you got a good boss, thank the good Lord every day you got a good boss because, yeah. you know, I can, it's like any other thing. Every, every individual, there's always exceptions to the rules, but they don't last because especially in today's workforce, think about it. You can't find good employees. 
I mean, that don't exist. If you're a good employee and you're working for a bad boss, shame on you. Somebody out there wants you. Right. Take the step. Right. Right? I'll give anyone now. listening to that advice because yeah. we can't find people, period, let alone good people. And so that's why I say if you're not a good employer in today's world, you can't find good employees. Yeah. And if you don't have good employees, you're, 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 your time is limited. You're going to fail. That's what we ought to have on the end. And I was just talking about expanding Radio Free Almond. And uh, Bill Harrison, by the way, you know, I, I forgot to mention you, buddy, Nerd Talk. Bill's been very early uh, on wanted to have a show because he, he does uh, comic books. So I, nerd Talk, oh, you, yeah, get, you get, right. to get the drift. But I think, we could, I think we could do on Radio Free Almond some kind of like uh, small business hour or something. Dave MacArthur could be the host of small, you know. Yeah. Good morning this we morning, can, We can step Dave, in every now and then. <laughs> Who knows? Between you, know? you and Rick Pogue and the rest well, of the guys. Uh, yeah, you know, I think you, you could, could certainly yeah. have some kind of a combination there. Yeah. Uh, of guys. And, and, and the nice part about if you had multiple people, my perspective is totally different than Rick's perspective. Oh, or sure. Or vice versa. You yeah. know, you got people out there that I know that, you know, that, that run union, union shops. Sure. And they have a different perspective. They're great people. They're, they're great union supporters, great union workers. You know, the, the things when I talk about Donald Trump, someone that's turned around that whole look is our union laborers right. today. Yep. You know, it's funny. Now I'm going all kind of sideline here, but that's the way the Jamie show goes. <laughs> I was at, I was out at one of the major casinos two weeks ago making a delivery, and there were a couple guys. One guy's hauling trash, and one guy's managing. He's in the warehouse, and you know, and well, I'm going to say it. There were two 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 black guys, uh-huh. and they're both talking about I love Donald Trump, and I'm like, you know, hey, buddy, I'm, you know, bump it. And he's like, you know, and the one guy says, you know, everybody thinks that Hillary was for us, but. That, that was the worst thing that could have happened. Now, this is two guys that are laborers at a lower scale f- from what most people would look at. But when you're working for the casino, you're making a good living, hopefully. Right, right. And that's what the CNNs and that's what the people and the mainstream media are. They're not just not talking about it. They're denying it. Yep. And there is an undercurrent at that level with the workforce in this country today that Donald Trump has stirred that I don't we think we've seen since, oh gosh, I don't know, in my lifetime. Well, and because uh, they're not the, the CNN those guys, they're not talking to those people, which is why they're constantly surprised at election turnouts. You know, they're kind of like in November, yeah. they're like, we didn't know this was going to happen. It's like I could have told. All you had to do was talk to normal, average day, right. everyday people Get out of the bubble. You, you would have you you would have known that, but but you didn't. And and again, I also love the fact. That the uh, that the uh, our app has crashed, huh? Is that what it says? All right, I'll, I'll have to figure that out. Which uh, Rick, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Dave. I want to get to uh, to Rick here. What um, what is the uh, which uh, which what, what what format are you on? You on iPhone or are you on? Because uh, the app should be here. Here's here's what you guys need to do. I don't want to remind you of this uh, regarding the app. If you have a, an iPhone. Or if you have a Android, you have to go into Google and you have to go into Apple and update the app. That, 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 that's what you have to you have to make sure that you update the app uh, and 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 let people uh, and and regenerate your app. I'll do, I'll have Ryan do a uh, a primer for you on the on on there and and I'll get the word out to him so he can do that. Um, let me just. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna text Ryan right now. Uh, 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 a note on I on 
RFA about the app so that uh, yeah I know what do you do I, I don't <laughs> you look like my five year old granddaughter well look, look at the look at the look at the look at the size of my test uh, on here I see it I I've got to take I didn't know it could go that large well, I need to do that <laughs> my kids make fun of me because they think that I'm like an old fuddy duddy but the fact of the matter is the only reason my my uh, well let me let me finish this text here uh, uh, it's funny go ahead because I'm wear I normally wear readers is it because- the app in here. Uh, Matt, are we okay? Yeah, we okay? It. I, don't, I mean, I checked it on my phone. It was working a few minutes okay. ago. Okay, yeah. Now, I, think, I think a lot of it is uh, 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 you know, people are saying, hold on, uh, saying it's crashing, and I just want to, I want to, I want to. Uh, yeah, we're, we're for sure transmitting on our end here. Okay. I'm looking at it. We are transmitting. Yeah. Saying uh, apps are crashing. Okay, I'm just getting a note to Ryan. He'll get something out on the RFA page. But you guys need to go and update the app because what happened is the app people updated the app. So if you didn't update two, then you're going to have issues. A lot of people who updated the Android app have reported back to me um, uh, say it's working perfectly. So I think you need to go in, and if you're on an iPhone, there's a good chance – that the reason you're having trouble is because you haven't updated the app. It's just a it's just an app update thing that you got to do. Um, people, yeah. The all right. Let me just just do this here. Yeah. So anyway, no, Dave. The reason why this 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 uh, this writing is so large is because iPhone. Here's another example of how obnoxious this technology is sometimes. So out at the pool, where I spend a lot of time at my pool, uh, iPhone crashed for you, Janet. Okay. I, if I would go in, if you it, that must mean that the app is now updatable because we were we, the Android app and the Google app were working fine in terms of getting back on, uh, and, and people updated it and and they had the Google for the Android they had the app updatable earlier than the iPhone. So right now the iPhone app uh, just needs to be kind of updated if if you if you if you can do it that way and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. So no, the reason why the writing is so big on my texting, Dave, is because I'm so I'm out at my pool, and for whatever reason, the iPhone decides that when it's sunny, it's going to darken. Yes, the screen. Right. And now, and I know people, and and I know people are going, yeah, but there's a setting on there, and there's not a setting on there that I can lighten up the screen when the sun comes out. People keep telling me that, and it's not true. So. So, uh, so it's, it's so the screen goes dark, and I'm sure Apple thinks it's helping me. Right? Yeah, like when they automatically put your <laughs> guidance stuff in there, and whether you want it or not. Yeah, yeah. But I think they think that oh no, yeah, we're help, we're here to help. You know, it's like here we're from the government, we're here to yeah, help. Some techie sitting in an office that figured your life out for you. <laughs> right. So finally, I had to then just simply increase this because I'm while I'm out at the pool, of course, messaging people, doing whatever. Finally, I had to just simply increase the size of my text so I could see the damn thing. Yeah, mine's you know? about two thirds that big, and it's just because I'm, I'm not going to skate it. It's because of bad eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, mine isn't, you know, because me, but but boy, you should see it when when anybody you know under the age of thirty. Well, to tell you the truth, under the age of forty sees my. Uh, Sees the writing. Sizing. They're like, "Hey, Grandpa, how's your iPhone doing?" So <laughs> Looks like some should be up on the wall in the yeah, yeah. Uh, in the eye chart, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right. So, speaking of kids, and so we've we talked a little bit about politics and the and the political end of it, 
and and uh, a lot of uh, boy, Moose was just a little boy when we basically yeah. first first met. Uh, a long time ago, and uh, I'll never forget. Little big boy. Yeah, right. Uh, it was, I, I hope I get the timeline right, because Ethan joined the Army Reserves in about 2008. Correct. Uh, and, and. Moose enlisted September 1st, 2008. Okay. okay, yeah, okay, so yeah, so it was May when. Ethan joined the Army Reserves, and it wasn't just a couple months later. I remember you telling right. me that Moose joined the Marines. Yep, yep, yep. That was it. You know, he come out of he, he got out of high school and he graduated in May, end of May, June, and he went from June to September, and that was when he was in that major weight loss mode because yeah. he had to lose so much weight to make the Corps, and then went into the Corps on uh, the what's the last weekend Memorial Day or uh, Veterans or what's the last weekend. Uh, of the of the summer, oh the wow. Labor Day, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the, that's the weekend he left. Yeah, when they picked him up and took him uh, took him away. Well, because because Ethan was went to Iraq, uh, and then Moose went to Afghanistan. Correct. Yeah, Moose was in Afghanistan in 2010. He left yeah. in March, March of 2010, the first of March, right in there. That's when. Uh, yeah, that was that was wild. You know, I still I was uh, somewhere the other day and thinking about um oh when most was at the police when we got a tour of manchester's facility the other day and being around all these officers and it's like it took me back to the field the day that moose left you know when you're on this field with a battalion a battalion of marines mm-hmm. all walking around with belt fed machine guns and m4s and their pistols on their belts and you know that's when you know it just got real right right well, yeah, because there's so much, so much has happened. So we, so uh, we let's let's go all the way. Well, let, let's let's go to let me let's go to now with the latest news yeah. and then go back from there. So uh, I don't know whether you guys. Are, hopefully, maybe you see Dave on Facebook or whatever. I know a lot of you are, know Dave uh, from from your time with uh, the show and everything else. Uh, so Moose is a police officer. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, I am so proud. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Last week, Monday, was his first official day. Yeah. You know me. I, I know, buddy. I love it because but you know, yeah. when you see what this man has come through, he's my son, but he is a, he's, a, he's an icon for other individuals, other veterans that have been hurt. Just normal, everyday Joe that has, you know, you get kicked and you, you go, why, how? Uh, last Monday, he was sworn in with the Manchester Police Force. What was great was the Thursday night before, he, so we're talking, there'll be two weeks this Thursday. He graduated the police academy at Jefferson County. Um, and uh, what was neat about that was it wasn't just uh, the police academy. This was a police academy that also puts in, he, had, he got his uh, associate's degree in law enforcement. It's a two-year course crammed into one year. It was 1,000 hours of school in one year. While he's still being a dad, while he's still maintaining some employment, while he's still recovering, working out, and doing all those things, and all still, when you look at Moose, that big smile, you still got to remember on the backside of it, he still has a headache every second of his life. Right. From right. the injury, um, you know, from that brain injury. You know, his brain injury was uh, where it tore his brain in three places for people that don't know, but he he's fought through that. Um, he essentially... Physically, had dropped a lot of weight. He's a beast. You know, his workout weight, his, his, his curl weight's 325, you know. Wow. I mean, it's just, and that's what he's done. He's brought himself back from the edge. 
And uh, I think Manchester, uh, you know, he will be able to come on the show. He said he's working nights right sure. now. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and um, but he said he'd love to come on the show, and so people can see him, people can talk to him. That'll be great because maybe some call in that type of thing, right people on. can respond. But um, you know, it, it's just been a long road. It's been eight years. Yeah, eight years of of the recovery, and and the, the the side of this whole story is the hardest part for him to make the decision here was not the love in his heart because you know when Moose told me a little over a year ago, Dad, I want to be a police officer. And I said, what the, you know, what for? Why now? In this era, coming out of, you know, everything we went through. So, you know, and he looked me in the eyes and with tears in his eyes, he says, I was born to serve. Yeah. And that's the difference that, you know, I've never been one of these persons that loved all the cops out there. I've had my difficulties with some and I've had great run-ins with others. But the one thing I'll say is if we, we do need them and we have to have them, and there can be no better officer to serve than someone that has it in their heart like he does. And uh, Yeah. I, you know, Dave, it's, it's amazing because now when you, when you talk about it in that context in terms of joining at a time when <clears throat> there just seems to be this uh, aggression towards law enforcement, and even though it seemingly has calmed down a bit, it really hasn't. No, I mean, not just on wait. a one-to-one basis. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and ultimately, just wait until you start seeing – you know some of what's going on at the, at the process at the prosecutorial levels and things like that. It's just going to get worse. Uh, I don't know whether you noticed that the the uh, attorneys in St. Yeah. Louis County, the prosecuting attorneys, now want to join the police union because they they don't know what's going to become of this Wesley Bell situation. You never know. But uh, to 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 the point about a moose, though, uh, it's amazing because Moose joined the military at a time when things were really not that great. I mean, I'm talking about it, especially in Afghanistan. Iraq had calmed down a little bit, but keep in mind, at the time these guys joined in 2008, we were coming off two really bad years in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right. I yeah. mean, where where American deaths were, were high. very high, and it was on a, with regularity. We were having these overpass stands, and That's people right. were coming home, and it was tough, and, uh, you know, Dan Reardon, uh, Lieutenant Dan, Perfect example of that. And he reminds me a little bit about Moose because Lieutenant Dan was one who wanted to be a fighter pilot. And because of his eyes and other things, he couldn't do that because of his eyesight. So when he was turned away from the Air Force, he goes, well, I'll just join the Army. And he became an Army Ranger because it was in his blood to serve Lieutenant Dan Reardon. And serve at a higher level. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, you and I had the same discussion. I don't know whether you had the same discussion with Moose when he joined the military as you did with the police force. But I remember when when Ethan joined uh, the Army Reserves and we had a discussion about it. And and I wanted to make sure he was joining – for the right reasons. I, and I told him, I said, if you're, if you're joining because you want to help the family by getting free college or whatever else, first of all, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Just, it does just not so happen. You know. uh, but, but, I, but I told him, and I knew that, but I told him, I said, I can write it. I'll write it. I'll show you. I'll write a check for you right now for four years of college education uh, so, that, so, so that you know that you're, you don't, we don't need your money. So just so you know that. He goes, no, I – I'm joining because I want to, I want to serve. I want to be part of the U.S. military. And I and it's, at that point, I was like, "Then knock yourself out, buddy." Yeah, I, it goes back, and uh, 
We could uh, maybe we could do another show with some of Moose's writings, but I'll never forget. And I think I read it on your show actually oh, yeah. one morning before he left. But it, it, was, it essentially said that if I have to shed my blood in defense of every man, woman, and child, both for this country or for any other country, for freedom, let it let it let them take every last drop. Right. So yeah, that says it. That all. That was back, and that was yes. You know, that was kind of an answer uh, that yeah. I knew why he was joining nine eleven. I mean, yeah. he was a kid nine eleven. You asked Moose why he joined nine eleven. Well, yeah, you know. But now, what I didn't know, and we didn't know until he was out of it for two years, was at the level of what he served and what he did from an operational standpoint and things like this that. Yeah, that the it was way above the norm. You know, right. some, it's like you. Some things I just can't talk about. But right. let me just tell you what he wasn't an everyday operational marine. Right. And uh, but uh, he loved it. You know, and he, and he got hurt driving a truck down the road. That's his biggest. That's his biggest. If he's mad about anything, he's mad because he got hurt driving a truck. Not fighting. Not doing those things. It was. It was like no no chance to defend myself. I'm driving a truck down a damn road. Right. And they blew me up. Yeah. And changed my life. And, uh, you know, now coming back, though, you know, you look at that born to surf, but it even goes to a higher level than that. You know, his biggest thing now was finding a job that would pay him an equal amount of being disabled. So for him to become a police officer, he took a pay cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He yep. took a pay cut. Right. And that is, you know, that again says, you know, I. Are you nuts? You know, here's a kid with a with an eight year old, a five year old, and a two year old, and a wife at home. And in this day and age of the workforce, what you can do and things you can do, he decided to take a job to serve to take a pay cut. Yeah, and uh, it's been a, it's been a hard. It's, it is right now. It's an extremely hard transition. And you know, the hard. You know, you know it. They they fight and they fight and they fight and. Uh, and it seems like there's always something there to knock you down. Oh yeah, and and, yeah. He, and he has continued to fight through that. But you know. I'll, I'll bring it up because I don't know why sometimes the Lord leads you in, in crazy ways. But, uh, you know, two weeks ago, he's, two days before he was going to, his final thing, setting a stop sign, headed to school, and a guy rear-ends him. Oh, Lord. Truck. Well, and this is the thing that, you know, setback. Now he has no truck. The guys didn't disclose his insurance. The insurance company has 30 days before they have to do anything. So for 30 days, he's in between changing jobs, no in, sort of no income, and, you know, he's like, Dad, does this ever fail? Oh, and, I know. You know, it's always the next step. So, yeah. you know, we're help, helping him as much as we can until he gets over that step. But, his, you know, I start to ask him this morning about, are, are you doing okay? You know, can I help? Dad, just, I'm, I'm okay. You know, that, that, that strength and perseverance is, is, is overwhelming. And uh, he certainly, he, every year, for the last couple of years, he's been invited to speak at Veterans Day out at Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. And he's an inspiration. I mean, I would tell anyone, if you ever have an event where you want someone that can inspire you. Yeah, right. To hear his story and to hear him talk about, you know, the things in his life and where he, and where he believes that, uh, you know, I, I said, God brought this kid home for a oh, reason. Oh, yeah. That's, that that's, wasn't it, you know. The stories of how he escaped death in that battlefield. Um, yeah, he was blessed. We were blessed. No we're all doubt. blessed. We're blessed to know him, and and I, I look forward to him being able to come on your show. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And I can't wait tell to story. see him again. And and wow, it's just so, so amazing. And he is just really just. Uh, an amazing kid, and you have been an amazing dad. He's got a, a great support system uh, at home, right? Yeah. And and yeah. But he, you want to have him. Uh, 
You ought to have him get get a hold of Dave Sinclair. Dave Sinclair will put him in a jeep for thirty days. So, there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, we can make we can make that happen. I'll call him right after the show. But but uh, I remember though, after he came home and and in the throes of his injury. But I remember how dark some of those days were, though, for him and your family. It was not. It was not easy. Yes, it wasn't easy for, and, and, and unfortunately, we were part of a very dark time in military history. Right. We were. Not only him, but him and 40,000 other veterans, as, we, as I found out and I learned. When he came home, um, because they were the first, you know, we, we as America had been in Afghanistan prior, but we had been in, the Army had essentially been in northern Afghanistan, and the Marine, his, his battalion was the first battalion to go into south, southern Afghanistan, into the Sangin district. We replaced the Brits, and I'll say we because, I, you know, my blood was there kind of thing. Yeah, we replaced yeah. the Brits uh, as the first unit that, that came out of there. He did. Their unit did. And the Brits had just taken, I mean, they had lost, uh, like, I mean, they'd taken a beating. They, they had over 70 casualties that last year they were there. So with that said, Moose's battalion went in there and as so evidenced by what we did when we first went into Iraq back in the day, we were under-equipped and ill-prepared, is what I say, from that, not for necessarily the forces going over, but for the casualties that were going to come back. Right. And um, Moose was one of those first casualties to come back as a survivor. Well, when he came back, he literally, when he was flying home from Germany and told us he's coming home, I called his, uh, his, uh, his uh, resource officer, our resource person, and said, you know, hey, David MacArthur's coming home. I have no records of him coming home. She didn't even know he was coming home until yes. we notified. That was the beginning of the nightmare. And um, so he got home, and because he had the brain injury, that was back in the days where his first sergeant stood him up in front of his battalion and called him a malinger, and, a, and, a, and you know, I can't even use the words, but essentially he was chicken, and he was using his injury as a, a way to get out of fighting. Because his, what, his, and the, what the craziness about this, his own first sergeant didn't know what his other, what I will call, untalkable operational side. It's so, some of the oh, stuff yeah. is secret. You know, Moose said to me, Dad, they'll never believe I went where I went. And I said, I came from an era where we were in Laos and, and Cambodia, and it wasn't admitted until 40 right. years later. Right. So with that said, when he came home and he was hurt, he was too blind to drive on base at 29 Palms, but yet his care was in San Diego three hours away, and he was driving two to three times a week to San Diego back and forth for his own care at the hospital Balboa with no compensation. And that went on for almost six months. And so finally he was broke, and he was desperate, and he was suicidal. And he can tell you that when you call the suicide hotline, you get a busy signal. And all of those things that you read about in the paper, we lived. It came so close that one story I don't think I've ever told on the radio, but I'll tell it. You know, he called me one day and he said, Dad, you know, they're going to send me to San Diego for three weeks for, uh, for uh, PTSD help. They're going to separate him for his family to take care of him. This is how screwed up they were. And he said, Lindsay's, you know, she's kind of a country girl, but she's going to be afraid to be by herself. Will you send me my shotgun? I said, sure. Never thought I learned about it. That was about 10 o'clock in the morning in the truck, and then about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, God tapped me on the shoulder. <laughs> said, call him. I called him. I said, Moose, you thinking about committing suicide? 
dead silence on the other end of that phone. He said, I'll tell you when I'm ready for you to send me the shotgun. Now, if I'd have sent him that shotgun, Jamie, I'd be living with this today that my son was gone. Wow. That's the depression, and that's the deep side of getting in, and I've never told the story before on the radio, but that's the deep side of what our veterans face still today and oh, yeah. faced because there was no one there on the backside of it for him. Well, right. thank God for his wife. Lindsay is his angel. He, he calls her his angel. <laughs> she brought him through this and mm. kept him alive, and his daughter at that time had given him something to live for, and the VA got better. The care... After I wrote my letter to the Commandant of the Marine Corps describing the situation, um, and because of my Fox News contacts, they had to respond, and they responded, and Moose was moved up the system. But the blessing is it wasn't just Moose. It caused such a stir because of the fear of what happened of this getting out that they had to do a review within the system and look at the system and see what was happening to the brain injured. Long story short, the moose had been then, then been denied 13 times in writing a Purple Heart. With that said, the review of the Purple Heart had to be looked at because you could not get over 30% disability if you don't have the Purple Heart. So they had to look because he didn't bleed right. externally. Wow. Okay, you bleed to death inside and you die, you don't get a Purple Heart. Crazy. That's But that's the way crazy. it was. Yeah, yeah. So because of the... The, the, the pot that got stirred and the people that got involved, because I'm on the phone with this three-star general, and he says, I can't believe this. This can't be. And I said, sir, don't take a word what I say as fact. Just review everything that I put in detail in that letter, and then let me know what you need to do. And so this got reviewed. It took two years, but in February of 2012, the rules of the Purple Heart were rewritten to include the brain injury without <coughs> mass casualty blood, let's say you didn't take a bullet or shrapnel, right. but just the blast force trauma. And over sixty or 70,000 former veterans were now able to resubmit for the Purple Heart to open up their benefits. Um, I say TBI is the modern-day Agent Orange, and all of our Vietnam veterans can relate to exactly what I'm saying. My biggest fear now is as we move forward – that our government will deny the brain injured the same benefits because when you look at the National Football League and contact sports, what's the big deal today is brain injury that causes what? Autism. Right. Know, sure. The, you know, for both um, um, the – what's when you – I, maybe I have it, when you can't remember things. Oh, Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's. Yeah. The yeah. onset of Alzheimer's as well as multiple sclerosis. Right, right. Um, and so what's going to happen when these – 200,000 plus veterans that we say is a minimum that with reported brain injury now that have come back from this war start to have all of this Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis right. and things like that. Is that going to be the next Agent Orange? Deny, deny, deny. Well, and, and that's the problem, I think. And Dr. Naputi, who's done a lot of work with brainwave therapy and is working with professional football players and former press professional football players, uh, on concussions and on uh, you know non opioid right. type right. of uh, approaches to these things because it's a it's a, it is a big issue and the, and the lack of coverage is 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 the worst part about this in terms of uh, of dealing with it because I, I was just thinking as you were talking about the people who reapplied for the Purple Hearts I'm thinking of all these just just to get the benefits right right I'm thinking of all these people 
uh, who didn't have that father to call or didn't have that person in their life to call who wound up uh, dying, uh, committing Still suicide. Today, 21 a day? Without, without, and not even maybe even knowing they could reapply yeah. for the purple or don't, not having one. And that was what made that make it the make it or break it moment when they couldn't do that. And it just is, boy, what a, what a crazy mess, which is why I really do appreciate what the President Trump is doing with the VA. And he went in there and fired people, but there's still so much more to do. Oh yeah, you know, and I got into I got into an argument uh, a week ago down in Florida with a guy who was you know Trump and I Trump, and you know, there's no getting into their heads. And it's like, you know, he he deferred four times or five times oh, I or whatever. It. I said, like the past pr- pr- three previous presidents, you know, you get that deer in the headlight. Like, none of that matters. I said, yeah, yeah the last president, I, I'll never forget. As soon as Moose went into the system. Obama had cut the VA benefits by 10%. Michelle Obama says, well, what do they expect out of us? They know what they signed up for. <laughs> right, exactly. You mean that same president that you're going to compare to what Trump has done with the VA and, and put money into it? And even what happened at the end of the Obama administration, but that was more the, 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 the Congress forcing it. That wasn't very, there wasn't a whole lot of volunteerism there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. still, you know, it, it's, it's much, much better today. Um, but you know, it's still, well, and it's funny how, it's funny how people sometimes even see VA benefits and the VA as some kind of, uh, welfare program. And it's like, wait a minute, you have to realize that the defense of our country is one of the few things the federal government is tasked to do Uh, of all the things we're spending money on right now. I don't care whether you're talking about secondary education or, uh, whatever uh, the fact of the matter is, there's there's only a couple things that that truly are justifiable federal expenses, and that would be our military. So this idea somehow that the VA benefits are just kind of like you know uh, free gifts, yeah, free gifts, and this kind of thing. It's ridiculous. It's 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 not only what they signed up for; it's what we signed up for, and what our founding fathers signed up for. Yeah, when you think so, about it, right now, what is it? Less than one percent of you and I today know someone that was actively served in the military. Less than 1% of us today know someone personally related that served in the military. And we want to say that section of our country is oversupported right. because of the VA. And yet the money we spend on, like you said, education, secondary education, welfare programs, cell phones, on, don't even flip that switch oh, on yeah, me. I know, I know. Yeah, right. I mean, this will get intense. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And we will come to blows because I have met the blessing out of this being involved with on Moose's shoulders are the veterans and the families of survivors. Now, we're talking about veterans that survived. You know, you know it the Gold Star Mother Program, and these people. How do you ever repay a mother for losing her son? Oh, yeah. No, I, it's astounding. You know, but I had one of the, and I won't, you know her personally, a Gold Star Mother come to me and said, you know, I lost my son, but I know he's gone, and I know he's at peace. He doesn't hurt. And this is when she had met Moose. And she yeah. said, Moose hurts every day of his life. So that's the words of a Gold Star Mother who... Right. Lost her son can never be replaced, but yet the, the 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 heartfelt feeling for other veterans and survivors is so deep in them that their support just goes on and on and on for our veteran system. Even though they've lost the the, the I, I know that in the beginning there's there's always got to be some anger, 
But when that anger goes away and it turns into that, well, what can I do for the next gold star parent or the next or that survivor who isn't living that great life anymore? Yeah. Well, that's what's amazing, not only about the gold star families, but about people like Moose and others who uh, continually find ways to serve. And particularly when you mentioned the gold star families, I'm thinking to myself, wow, uh, you know, how is it possible uh, that, you know, you'd think some people, and there probably have been some people who uh, just kind of check out. They just can't talk about it anymore. They are uh, mad at the yep, yep, military, no mad at the government, whatever. And then there are others, and, and we know them, who just simply turned out to be people who were saying, well, you know what? I'm going to turn this Oh, the Dan sacrifice. Oh, Lieutenant Dan and, and um, they have just made that whole family. I mean, the benefits, the golf benefits, and the, yeah. and, the, and the trust, and all of the things that they did for in his memory and his honor because you know he was such a fabulous person. They, they want that that memory to to radiate, right? You right. know, to, to just not be some name on a wall someplace, but no, let people know this is what this is what Dan would have wanted. Dan's life would have been. Those are the people who are just phenomenal. And then following Dan's death, Dave, as you know, uh, Janine, Lieutenant Dan's mom, was at every single funeral. Oh, I know. Every single funeral home uh, when we saw more individuals coming home. Yeah. I mean, I stood on so many of those bridges and at the entrance to the barracks. And we're we're blessed those days are over. And, you know, that goes back to we're still fighting over there. Yep. We're still fighting, but we're fighting it the right way now. And we're not bringing the bodies home. We're getting the job done with fewer troops the way it should be done, not covertly, but open where we don't have those rules of engagement that we're sending our sons and daughters both home in body bags. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we're, we, you know, we're, we're droning people and we're getting, we're getting, we're cutting off the heads, the heads of the snakes out there. And that's, that's how it has to be done. That's exactly, that's the way they fight. You've got to fight back that same way. So it's interesting, though, you mentioned about service and about n- not knowing people who have, uh, who have been in the military and how, how many people just don't really have contact with people who have served or don't have family members who serve. It's interesting. You and I come from a generation where, you know, yeah, I, 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 you know, I obviously signed up for the selective service. Right. So you remember you had to do right. that and everything. But, you know, you, you, the, the, the children of the 70s and, and early 80s, yep. you know, we didn't. We didn't. We were. We were so I, lucky. I graduated high school in '78. Jimmy Carter was president. Right. I thought about joining. Talked to my dad about it. And my dad, who served in in the army and at the end of Korea, but uh, you know, you didn't get choose. You know, he got drafted. You didn't, it wasn't your choice of when you were going to really. You could have signed up. So I won't yeah. say that to not offend any veteran because he could have signed, but he got drafted. He didn't see combat, but he. My dad was. He he hated the army. He hated that he always had to like answer to some dummy above him because right. he was a as most would call he was a pogue. He was a person other than grunt, you know, helping everybody right. out. And right. Dad hated it. And Dad would tell me, "Don't do it. You won't like it." Jimmy Carter had just decimated the military. I was helping the family. We were barely surviving in the in the bakery in the inner city at that day. And uh, we were broke as a, as a business and a family, and I decided to stay home and help the family. It's not my excuse. It's my story. I sometimes, I bet, I know you, same thing. It, it burns me once in a while that I didn't take right. that, that military advantage. 
And when my son did, I couldn't be prouder. You know? I know. I know. And, uh, you know, it's like right now, my grandfather's, all my grandfather's paperwork was destroyed in the fire, in the veterans' things, in those weapons. My grandfather served in World War One, Grandpa. And uh, next year, it's 100 years. His, yeah. You know, this year, actually, the 100-year yeah, mark. But for him, he will be discharged 100, it'll be 100 years. And I have my grandfather's original discharge papers. And I have all that stuff ready right now to take to the VA and get his name reinstated. And I'm going to get his medals because he served in uh, three or four major battles, was wounded in the Argonne Forest in uh, 1917. And wow. Pretty good you know, story. So I'm putting that all together and I'm going to put that in a big, uh, you know, behind glass. And yeah. To moose. That's, that's awesome because it is true. We have, we have so many similar backgrounds, although my, my grandfather was in the, was, it was called the coastal artillery. So back in those days, you know, they still had a concern about people coming over right, to, sure. to, to the, yeah. to the East coast for instance. And so they, that was their job on the, on the coastal artillery, uh, in world war one. And my father was in the Pacific in world war two and then skipped a generation to, uh, a guy doing bong hits and listening to ZZ top. And then, uh, <laughs> Name <another Jimmy>. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, on to somebody else. But yeah, so it, it is amazing that, uh, we're privileged and, and gifted by God to have raised, uh, sons who have done that, and and certainly uh, with Moose, what a what a brave soldier he is in every respect, uh, citizen and and serviceman. So uh, it's amazing when a, and what a great story, and and certainly, buddy, congratulations. We've been you've been through a, a lot. Well, we're and, still working with him. We got this first, you know. I appreciate it, and thank you. And it's prayers from everyone out there. Yeah. I know people, listeners, going back now for ten years. Sure, it's just been. It doesn't. It doesn't happen without that. That yeah. extra power coming in. There's always been. You know, it's like with you know this little bit that he's going through right now. I just you know, and he talked to our pastor, and you know, you have to have that faith. You've got to have that belief that uh, not only do you want it, but the good Lord wants you to to to, to do it too. So. Yeah, well, I mean, and I have to tell you, though, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in terms of the passion. I mean, you, you talk about not serving in the military, but Moose, uh, you, you're the guy, you mean, I remember it was always great to have you uh, call into the show. And I was always guaranteed of, of, of you were, you were right. in your MacArthur's truck and doing whatever you're doing Six that morning. Six o'clock in the morning, headed to Chesterfield. <laughs> right on. And, you would, and you'd call into, that, into the show and man, you were you were a fighter for for the small businessman and for Dave the, the citizen worker. Yeah, right on. I mean, you were. I mean, and yeah. you and so that passion, uh, the same passion that popped through the radio early in the morning, first first thing in the morning. Yeah, sometimes I was first caller. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, it's like, boy, when's that anthem going to get over? Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, I, mean, I loved it. It's funny because. Larger advertisers used to come to me and go, oh, man, you guys spend a fortune on advertising. I'm going, no. I said, when you hear me, I'm, I'm not getting top bill because I'm an advertiser. It's because it's 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm the first one on the line. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, And then you moved to 5, so I couldn't be 6 anymore. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, then, and, then, and then lo and behold, every, every time there was a birthday around 97.1, there was uh, Dave popping in with a uh, – with a birthday with a cake, goodie. yeah, yeah, but you know that passion's still there. It's, yeah, it's, and because again, I'm blessed. I, I work for a fabulous small business company, and uh, you know when I got hired, my at that time I've now taken sales manager position there, and my boss, and at that time my other boss said, now the one thing we wanted you to do is, if you can stay on the radio and you can stay on Fox News, we want you there. 
Right. I mean, that was kind of a prerequisite of getting the job. <laughs> I love it. So, well, can you say the name of the company? Well, or? Yeah, sure. The name of the company is Bono Burns, B-O-N-O. We're a bakery ingredient distributor here in the St. Louis area, and we just do bakery. I don't have fish, and I don't have onions and potatoes. We do flour, salt, sugar. And so it's, I'm blessed because my background, I'm a hands-on baker. Right. And so it gives me the ability at the company to be able to really service our customers with the same passion I do politics. Right. That's the passion that we serve our customers. And um, so if they've got a technical question or need a, an ingredient, I can answer those. Qu- even for my other five sales guys who don't have the hands-on, but they've got years in it. But it allows me to take it that one step further and say, oh, you want flour? Well, what kind of flour do you want? What protein level are you looking for? Are you looking for pastry flour? Are you looking for bread flour? Are you looking for high protein? Do you need clear? You, you know, I right. already lost two. <laughs> right. Okay, because you think flour all comes out of one big bag. No, we have 50 different types of bags of flour. Okay, well, that's what I was going to ask you really quickly because I want to go – I get shallow here for a second. The – is it true? Because I've heard this before, and you and you might know this being in the dessert right. industry. Let's put it that way. That really, technically, Ted Drew's frozen custard and Mister Wizard's basically are the same thing. There really isn't a difference. Is, but but is it true or not true that 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 it's all really just the same base? Is there a lawsuit possibility? <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> Let me tell you this. We ser- I'm going to phrase it to you this way. We sell soft-serve ice cream. I sell all the soft-serve ice cream that goes, most of it, to our local casinos around here. We sell 10% soft-serve and 4% soft-serve. 10% soft-serve is 10% cream. 4% soft-serve is 4% cream. What's the difference? One guy pays a little more for a little better product. Ted Drew's is a, I know this for a fact, they're a proprietary mix. I have no idea what their cream ratio is. So... Let's say if you think that they're better than the next guy or equal to the next guy, it's your decision on where you think their cream level is. I got you. When it comes to frozen custard, the difference between frozen custard and soft-serve ice cream is it's considered custard at 2% egg. Most frozen custards are between 2% egg and 4% egg added to soft-serve mix. Okay, yeah, all right. So, so really, it's it, it, the cream ratio is what's important. So, That's what's so important. In, in all likelihood, if 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 people think that Ted Drews is awesome, and I do, I do, uh, then the, the chances are pretty good that they probably invest a little more in the cream ratio. There very well could be. Yeah. Okay, and there's a lot of people. I sell ice cream mix four percent, ten percent. 12% and 14%, which is the highest ratio that you can get from soft serve. Because if you get the fat ratio too high, it won't freeze. Oh, right. Okay. But okay. 14%, would, but, but if you're a person, that's an investment though, right? That's I mean, an investment. That's in your super high-end ice creams where people are doing it. Uh, most of that goes to the, uh, to the country clubs. Oh, oh yeah. Well, country club really? type thing. Yeah, and they're mixing fruit and they're mixing different stuff gotcha. into it, making a different blend. Okay. And then another question. Uh, why is uh, why we is do a show Dave's Dave's day at the bakery? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, why is uh, red icing so disgusting? Because the federal government about twenty years ago outlawed red too. Okay, and everything now the concentrations of bugs that they have to put into them that are edible <laughs> to make red food coloring are so high. It makes red icing as well as black icing disgusting. <laughs> bitter. Okay, bitter. Yeah. That's right. Now, and because if you don't, and I take red, red icing today, and I put it underneath an incandescent light or anything with UV, 
in 20 minutes, it'll be light red. In 45 minutes, it'll be fuchsia. In an hour and a half, it'll be pink. And by tomorrow, it looks like someone decorated it two months ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, back in the day, when if you're in the bakery business and you're making peach roses for a, for a wedding, you have to advise people, you can't put this cake under bright light or in the sun for over 10 minutes because your peach roses are going to turn yellow because the red will leave. Right. Your purple roses will be blue because the red will leave. So if you understand the all the colors of the spectrum that what makes what, whatever the red was will leave because red too would kill a cancer, would cause cancer in a rat. Um, if and, it, and so that is, is so that's one government regulation that probably wasn't too far off, right? The uh, yeah. red number two it yeah, wasn't well, overbearing, or oh well, you you could overcome it, but the product is never reaches the quality level. The, the, the big one this year is trans fat. Oh my God, has this been a nightmare? Now you want to talk government regulations, you just put, I just got two inches taller. Yeah. This past year, we went through, most you, you, you probably don't even know it, trans fat shortenings, hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated soybean oil is now against the law. You can buy cigarettes, and I don't, I'm not knocking on you people that smoke. I could care less your, your right to do so, just like I felt it was my right to have eat trans fat if I wanted to do it. Sure. But trans fat is now, you could go to jail for selling trans fat. Okay, so we took shortening oil soybean oil that we partially hydrogenated and turned it from a liquid to a solid, and we outlawed it. So what did we go to? Well, we went to palm oil. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, where does palm oil come from, Jamie? Uh, uh, palm trees? And where do we grow palm trees to, for palm oil? In uh, Florida? Nope, wrong kind of palm tree. Oh, uh, Italy? Nope, wrong kind of palm tree. <laughs> Oh, what? Where? Asia. South. You know, the, the rainforest, you know, yeah. all the ble- liberal bleeding hearts are worried about the rainforest ending. Well, the moment we made palm oil of it, the standard in this country today, they're cutting the rainforest at a level like you've never seen before. And guess what they're planting in the rainforest of old? Palm trees. Oh. To grow palm oil. To support the Americans. So th- there was a big thing, and I'm not a PBS fan, but there was a big thing on TV about the orangutans are going to be extinct because of this very fact. Wow. So now all the farmers that we've supported in the United States for all these years by buying their soybeans, we've now essentially said, well, this is still on the, we're not on open air yet, Mr. American Farmer, go to hell. We don't need your product anymore. So all that soybean oil that we used to grow in this country, we're now taking, and think of the umpteen billions and billions of pounds. We now import all that from Malaysia and in that area. So we've taken and put ourselves food-dependent source from all that oil coming. Now, there's arguments that the doctors will tell you hydrogenated, partial hydrogenated oils will kill you. Okay. Well, I mean, if you eat a lot of it, for crying out loud, just don't, just don't shove it down your throat. Okay. You know what we're selling now, and other than palm oil? Lard. Oh, really? Lard is now the oil of choice. A lot of donuts you're buying today are now being fried in lard. You know the product that don't eat lard, it's going to kill you? Just like for all the years that don't eat butter, it's going to kill you. Right, right. And we were on margarine. Now they say no margarine because margarine is a partially hydrogenated fat. Right. And that part of it's now illegal. So the soybean oil you were getting in margarine today, if you look at your new little label, like your can of Crisco, it now says palm. Now, where does that go? That's the regulation side that I think is stupid, but... 
A cube of frying sharpening that cost my customer a year ago $19 today cost him 32 Wow. A cube of icing sharpening that used to cost my customer a year ago 29 or 32 is now costing him 47 to $50. Folks, have you noticed your food costs going up? But government doesn't put food costs into inflation. So food costs this year on my level, wholesale in 2018 were up 7% wholesale cost across the board. Now we've come into the last six months of, have you heard about the new trucking industry regulations where they, with the electronic trucking, uh, you know, and they blame it all on safety. I'm not going to argue. But we now have a 60% shortage of truck drivers because truck drivers, in, in, in addition to the demand because of Amazon and these, and these other things, are now not allowed to get, you can drive 14 hours. 14 hours a day, well, that means whether you're in a dock waiting to get loaded or getting unloaded when they used to be in the sleeper getting sleep, that didn't count as road time. That now counts as road time. So in a company like ours, I have drivers that used to drive to Lake of the Ozarks and come back. They're stopping in Wentzville and having to spend the night because their hours are up and they can't drive from Wentzville home. So now I've got the cost of a driver spending the night in a hotel, food bills, overtime, and oh, by the time he gets back in the next morning, three hours of that day are gone. So you get to Wednesday or Thursday morning, your driver's hours are up for the week. So now you've had to hire an additional 20% of drivers, but there's a 60% pool. So the rate of hiring, you look at the new rate of a Class A truck driver today, people, if you're out there, you're young, you're looking for a job, Class A truck driver, 100 grand a year. Well, okay, so that's that's crazy because now isn't this something that the president could go in and just – change here's what here's what so you said a lot right there because because what i'm what i'm hearing uh, all the time is that oh the tariffs are hurting the american farm blah 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 and or, or or heaven forbid you reduce the trucking regulations and president trump's accused of mass carnage on the highways even though the highways actually were built for trucks not cars but that's another story right but but nonetheless you know the 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 so all this stuff that's going on like even the, even the palm oil story is uh that that's affecting more people and more jobs than well, sure and the trans fat ban is affecting more people and jobs than any tariff and the, the cost of living about. everything that you made additional this year is going to you're going to drop back into your food bill you know, I talk about this transportation cost. Two weeks ago, a one load of flour that I had shipping from North Dakota to St. Louis we, from one of our vendors, the price of a bag of flour over a one-week period of time went up 65 cents a bag, 50-pound bag, 65 cents over a week because of transportation costs. It's, it's, gonna, it's affecting everything you buy comes in a truck, and the cost of trucking last year on average went up 60% transportation costs. We're looking at this year, anticipated rises are another 40% cost of transportation this year. Everything on your body, everything you look at in this room came here, got here, was somehow taken to manufacture and from manufacture in a truck. It's a huge, and you talk about could, could Trump do something? Yes. But I think part of the problem is so many regulations Thousands and thousands and thousands of regulations went into effect. And it's funny how so many of them were geared to go into effect after the election. Uh-huh. That 
where do you begin? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where do you literally begin? So the biggest, and it's like anything, the biggest squeaky wheel gets the grease. And the trucking industry, if but it gets no, you know, the, the lamestream media doesn't give any, because it's, it's all for everyone's safety, oh, right. yeah, Jamie. Sure. Yeah. It's all for your health, Jamie. Yeah. You know, cost of can I afford to live today? Be damned. It's all for your good of you. Don't you know, Jamie? I know how you should live better. We all than have you to make live. sacrifices. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Jim White, God love him. I, my favorite quote in the world save me from the good people. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's the truckers have showed up in mass in Washington, D.C. and shut down the highways twice in the last year. Did you see it on lamestream media? Did you read it on the top no. of your Google page? Yeah. They bury it. It's like, it's like they're too busy, busy telling us about Russia collusion and, you know, all this other crap right. that they don't deal with it. And the American public is, is not being made aware. And, and I mean, come on. I, it's, it's Stalinism all over again. I don't yeah. give a crap what nobody says. These people care more about Hondurans than they do about Americans, and we see it every single day. Not that I wouldn't care about Hondurans, but I'm just telling you. It's just kind of seemingly I don't, an imbalance. I don't care about you so much I want to give you $50,000 to go home. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's... That's the thing. The other thing that this is also affecting, though, is ultimately is uh, grits and how grits taste. It's no wonder people are choosing to make grits with water instead of heavy cream. You know, what's and that's next? just a sin. Yeah, but what's next? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm being funny. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, but I'm still... saying it's it's gotten to the point where there's so much of this stuff that goes in under the wire that the everyday person doesn't even know about. Yeah, right. That it's 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 not. It's, it's, it's laughable. Yeah. It is funny. But yeah. on the other side of it, it's scary because we're regulating ourselves away. Oh, I know. And, and, and we're regulating ourselves away that you're becoming Europe. You go to Europe and you buy some food. Look at the food costs there. And it's all these things that they have in place and all this, you know, this crazy rules and regulations we're just creeping, 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 creeping. Well, that's why when the president pulled out of the Paris Accord, it was just such a fantastic uh, deal because we're the only ones paying the price. We're the only ones actually suffering with the Paris Accord. Nobody else was doing anything. Right. We, were, we were the ones right. who were sacrificing American jobs just to be uh, up with Western Europe. I mean, uh, at, at that point, yeah, get the hell out of there. And that's why the people in, in France are going crazy, because it's not just the gasoline, uh, the price of increasing gasoline. It's all the cost of the middle American and what, uh, middle uh, income Parisian or, or, or uh, Frenchman and, and and their problem is they that what they're seeing with their yellow jackets and of course they're calling them anti-government and all that kind of stuff and they're not they're anti-taxes but it, it's not unlike in America where uh, the, the middle guy is squeezed the, the the people who are impoverished have no problem although obviously I'm not I'm, I have sympathy for people who are impoverished but at least they're getting something for free from the government their tax rate doesn't go up on their government. Yeah. Check and the rich people can afford it. So in France, you have a similar situation where you have a bunch of people who popped in from North Africa, who are gladly taking paychecks from the government and doing whatever and having things paid for them. Uh, and then you have the rich French people who can afford the, the increase in the gasoline prices, and the middle guy, who uh, although we're being told that that you know they all oh, their Western Europe is great, they all use the subway over there. They don't have uh, hell no. Seventy percent right. of the of French citizens drive. You use to work. the subway if you're in a city the size of 
Munich or where, you know, yeah. like in Germany or in Paris or wherever. The rest of that, it's rural. They yeah. drive. I've yeah. been there. Worked there. And, you know, sometimes, though, isn't it true in the end, especially when it comes to the uh, the trans fats and things, just don't eat, just don't stuff your face with the stuff. I mean, it's it's that simple. I mean, uh, like, for instance, like with egg, I, I had an experience recently, uh, just the other day, in fact, they bought some eggnog. And eggnog is delicious. And uh, it, eggnog is only delicious when it's eggnog. All right? It doesn't, you no, don't need exactly light right. eggnog or this eggnog. And maybe you can add some bourbon to it, whiskey to it, whatever. What I'm saying maybe. is, so, so, I go to, so I go to, I went to, I was at Whole Foods. And I, I sometimes get some stuff there that I need to get. And so I got, I go, I'm going to get some eggnog for the kids. The kids love eggnog. So I bring home the eggnog. And it turns out, this, this was purely by accident. I bought coconut milk eggnog. Yuck. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I, I didn't even, you know, it actually didn't taste half bad. But it doesn't taste it doesn't as good as doesn't have the creaminess eggnog. in that. No, no, right. no, 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 and, no. And eggnog is good, but you don't have to drink the whole damn gallon. Just drink a little bit. Like when I have toast right. on a Saturday morning, I put real butter on my toast. That's right. But I don't, I don't eat. Uh, uh, you know, uh, two tablespoons of it. And you don't eat buttered toast seven days a week. No. I mean, I just have the, you know, it's like just knock. I mean, right. if people would just be moderate in their consumption of things, then they'd be fine. And we wouldn't have the government coming in and trying to take care of us all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, but they'd find another mean? reason to take care oh, of us. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, just yeah. Wouldn't, we just wouldn't, as individuals, have to pay for the other fools that don't know how to take right. care of themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean right. it's, 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 it's like, you know, like no, McDonald's. Yes. There's no reason to reduce the size of a, of a thing of fries. If, if you're having McDonald's, like we had McDonald's as kids where it was like, you know, a uh, gift. Christmas, yeah, it was like... Dad, I McDonald's. walked. I walked from Manchester and Tire Grove in the Grove Dairy, for people that know the city, all the way to the McDonald's that used to be in front of the Venture Store on King's Highway. Yeah. That was our closest McDonald's. So it was a treat. Oh, baby. yeah. Or, or we walked or rode our bikes. And for those of you that don't know, that's about seven, <laughs> ten, seven to nine miles to go to a McDonald's <laughs> yeah, right. back in the day. Well, and that was also because, yeah, it's like, you know, you ask your parents, like, can I have McDonald's? And my mom would always be like, yeah, I can make you a hamburger yeah, and it tastes right. like, okay. That was like whatever. trying to ask your parents for money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, come on. That's why we had, that's why we, uh, I, I was busted my ass when I was, 13 at Frank and Helen's Pizza. I wish, they would, I wish they would let young people. Do, do they let young people work these days? You know, I, I, it, it was. When my kids were trying to get a job, everyone said 18, 18, 18. Now, because of there's no labor out there, I saw a 16-year-old working the other day. Now, I don't think you can get a job under 16 today because all the child labor stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the other side of that is you can't hire, like, let's say, the industry that I'm in, the baking industry. They can't hire a kid to do anything. Or if you're around a grill because you have to be 18 years old because you know if you touch that grill, you could get burned. (laughs) Or if you pick up a knife, you could get cut. So now the labor laws don't allow anybody under 18 to work any kind of machinery. You know, God forbid, like a meat slicer or something like that, that we all have pieces of our fingers that used to exist that don't exist anymore. No, that's against the law. I was a dishwasher at a Schnook Station restaurant when I was 15. And, and that was you know, yeah. you know around the hot, and that's when we had the we had those uh, you know the, the the little 
closed right. closed area, dishwasher, the dishwasher, yeah. close it down, and then yep. it was like a thousand degree water. Right. We yeah. we were fine. Oh you know, yeah, you made it, and and, the, and you probably even had a stove with a burner in the <laughs> yeah. back, right? Oh, Where yeah. it had flame. Yeah, you know, today that no, that you, you couldn't work around it until you're 18 years old. I yeah. wouldn't have been able to play pinball, eat McDonald's, or fill my 71 oh. Chevy up with gasoline if I didn't work when I was 14. Uh, you know, I, we, I I say people don't realize. They always think back when the baking family we were in that uh, our first locations were out south. They weren't. Our first location was inner city, and we lived above it. And mom used to beat on the water pipe in the morning because the store was downstairs, and that would went underneath the floor of the bedroom, and we would wake up to the thudding of a water pipe. And so then when you got up, you stomped on the floor, right? And so she knew you were up. You got dressed, and we went downstairs. And I'm still alive, Jamie. Believe it or not, look at me. <laughs> yeah, right. But on. you know what my breakfast was every morning? A donut. <laughs> okay, because mom was working. Yeah. And so then it was like money. You want money? Okay. There's racks to wash. There's floors to sweep. The basement could be hosed. Go outside, sweep around. And uh, remember when it used to snow? And it was like my job before you went to school in the morning was to get your out of bed, go downstairs, and get the shovel and the snowblower and do our whole half a block corner that we owned, as well as every old lady on the block that dad knew front front end. <laughs> and there was no getting paid for that. Right. Okay? Oh, no. no. I mean, was, that, was, that, was, that was what you did, yeah, you know? Right. And, right. Uh, you know, it's like Miss Warmington, Miss Williams. Oh, my God. I can remember all of them, you know, shoveling their snow three doors down, five doors down. That was it, and that was growing up, and you you loved it, and you know, you got your. I think I was made twenty five cents an hour. Yeah, what Dad paid me to yeah. to do things, and when the sewer clogged up, it wasn't my Dad's <laughs> arm in that sewer. Of course, that was punishment too. You know, if you did something stupid, now it was time to go clean the sewers. You know, it's like. You never clean the sewers. <laughs> Doesn't matter if I clean. I save right. those for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I loved. I loved. I loved working when I was younger. And, oh, and, yeah. and uh, my first job was at Frank and Allen's Pizza, and I could. I had to have been all about thirteen. I was. Thir- I mean, I remember. I was. I only yep. worked the weekends, but I was thirteen years old, and I, I loved it. And do you still have friends from those days when you worked? Oh guys, yeah, guys and girls that you grew up with side by side. You still know. You may not see them daily, but I can say it. Mike Mays, John Barry, John Suda. These are all kids that grew up in the neighborhood, right? That worked for us, for, you know, for mom and dad, and they become my lifelong friends. You right. know, still to this very day, we communicate. We're Facebook friends, whatever. Those are friendships that you know. That, and unfortunately, kids don't make those today. You know. Well, you also were able to track, like for instance, with uh, when, I, when I worked at World News, I'd work at World News after after school. I'd go up in Clayton, and we'd go, we'd grab our pa- newspaper things, and and the and the guys who were at the top level, top rung, they'd right. go to Brown Shoe Company or the Seven Up Building. The, yeah, right, both, right. You know, with it, and I'd have to go to the county government center where I'd, I'd sell the newspapers after after school. And we made we, you know, we made some money, yeah. and I was able to grab a Playboy magazine every once in a while. Afterwards, and that was about it. Two summers, I drug post papers on Saturday night. Three carts, picked them up at racetrack in Tire Grove, drove them, pulled them down about a mile to my two streets, and worked from Tire Manchester and, and Arco all the way to Kings Highway, back down Gibson Avenue. Post angle. So you had you had the, you had a, you had the paper stand. That, no, I had the pull carts. Oh, okay. The old yeah, iron wheel those. pull carts yeah, with yeah. the hook front. Yeah, three of them. Three Absolutely. of them loaded to the hilt. 
So you guys, so you were one of the, like, that's where we, we kind of like coveted that idea of like, like selling newspapers, like on the corner was like the real, that was the, that, that was, was the easy job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they, because they <laughs> right. dropped the papers off. Right. Were, all you had to do was cut, cut open right. the, this, we drug the papers it. and took them to people's <laughs> port. But you know what? You got tips. Oh you yeah, man. You know, back then a, a quarter, a paper was 50 cents maybe. And a guy give you a buck or give you 75 cents. That was big money. You know, I could make $25 on a night selling papers. It took me twenty five hours to make twenty five hours in a week, right? Right. Let alone make it in you know four hours dragging papers. And that was before too. That was back when they had the uh, they had the the morning paper and the afternoon paper. And right. then you you know you yeah. take that and, and that was and people didn't have news on their phones. And that so. Saturday night post was three inches thick. You're right on four inches thick, close to yeah. you know certain holidays. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you've nobody has a better work ethic uh, than Dave MacArthur, and uh, nobody is a more active, in my opinion, citizen than you, buddy. And you have been for a long time, and then and now uh, you have uh, raised another yep. wonderful man. And and I, and I never forget. I got a beautiful daughter that's home, and she's uh, she takes care of her children. And she does in home daycare and watches other people's children, and hopefully, you know, she puts the same love and respect into them raising their children. And Moose's wife does the same thing. She does at home child daycare, and you know that. My wife did that, and I like to think that we also helped raise some other kids yeah. out there that are running around who now are I, we go to their weddings and see their <laughs> children and all those things. But you know, we've been blessed. You certainly have, and we're blessed to have you in our midst too, brother. Because it's been it's been quite a run, and so proud to see uh, what what Moose has accomplished. And you have been absolutely right by his side the whole time, man. And it doesn't surprise anybody. That well, you have been, but it's been I, I look forward to your new adventure too, yeah. man. I yeah, come back and spread the news to maybe some new listeners. Oh, that'll right. be out there on the dial because I'm sure you're going to pick up some new some new following. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, continue this story and uh, let's continue to beat on big government. I know, and you know, a lot of it is uh, this. You know, it, 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 it's the same. Th- it's the same. Kind of, I would never compare myself to you or Moose in that way, but I think we all kind of live in that environment where there isn't like somebody had said uh, uh, early this morning that I seem to be in a good mood. I go, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that I'm really proud to say is that I don't have bad days. I've, I, I, I there are days that are challenging, right? But I'll, I, I've never said at the end of my day that I've had a bad day. And, and, and that's just been my attitude all along, uh, that that I that I that I, I don't have bad days, and I'm I, and I'm not in bad moods, and right. I, that's not right. how things work for right. me. And so when something traumatic happens or something like what happened, although that's that's not to lose your job is like you know that's happens, but I don't think it's traumatic. You uh, you you step back in there and you get back up and you do it, uh, and and that's the vibe that everybody who listens has every single day. That's what you had. Uh, when you when you had challenges, I said yesterday when you built this bakery out in Chesterfield, I remember what a pain in the rear that was. Yep. And, and 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 I said I said yesterday I said Dave MacArthur and those guys they put that thing in they succeeded in spite of the government not oh, because totally. of it the government did everything they could to shut it down yeah unbeknownst to them they have no clue because they're so clueless but through regulations and right. rules and 
that feeling that everybody in small business has this pot of gold over here, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, no but doubt. that didn't that didn't stop you. And 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 you and you still still did that. And then you uh and then and then Moose, you know, he he, he went through a, a, a terrible time and said I still need to serve, want to serve, and will serve, and now he's a police officer. Amazing. And I'm sure he's going to do a phenomenal job there. And I, I, we're blessed for him, I think, to be in the Manchester Force. It seems like from just – they're a family out there. And it's just – I think he's, you know, he's landed in the right place. Right. That he can also leave a presence and what his future is to be determined. You know, He has that gift of uh, – Heidi said something. Heidi's his daughter. She's yeah. eight years old. A couple months ago she said to me, she says, People, daddy's different, isn't he? The eight-year-old. Wow. I said, Heidi, I don't know that you'll fully understand this, but someday you will. When your daddy walks in the room, he commands a presence. And anyone that's ever met Moose just by his posture, his stature, how he introduces himself to you, how he looks you in the eye, how he shakes your hand, how he is always has a smile on his face, will say and understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love it, man. Love you. You, uh, you, you raised that little man, buddy. Well, there was and, and, and yeah, me and Mama. And, yep. Yeah. 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 Mama and I. That's for sure. You know, he's got a mother that's out there that has shed just as many tears, probably more than I have. You know, back when he was serving. Uh, anyone that knows that's ever had a son in active combat, it's no different today than it was in 1941. Yeah. So God bless as we go into the Christmas season, all of those active military families and and veteran families and the rest of them out there. And Jamie, I love the opportunity to be here, man. Buddy, I love I love talking to you. It's amazing. We've been I know hour and a half, but I you know, but that's the but but people love it. People love your attitude and your story of success, uh, perseverance, uh, positive attitude, hard work, love of your country, love of your family. You're just the best, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Give me a hug. Dave MacArthur, people. Merry Man. Christmas, everybody. You're the best. And it's a great, great uh, way to kind of bring us into the uh, into the holiday and the story. And Moose will come in yeah. eventually. Yeah, we'll get him in there. He's looking forward to it. Yeah. That's good, buddy. And then congratulations on your your uh, new life Career outside move. of the, I love it. the bakery. Great company. Yeah. Great people. I think I think sales fits you. It does. <laughs> I, you know, I did it for 25 years in my interlope at the bakery, and I was only back at the bakery for 10 years. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if the gift of Gab is a blessing or a curse. It, it opens up opportunities, but once in a while, it sure gets your butt in a jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, there aren't many places, uh, I, w- I will have to brag here at uh, Radio Free Almond, but but there aren't many people... Uh, in, in our world who can explain all you need to know about life, about perseverance, about bravery, and about cream ratios all at the same time. <laughs> Let's you, come you back just, and do a baking you, show. You, you, know, you know, just don't, it just doesn't get any better than that. And, buddy, uh, love you tons, and uh, thanks a lot for, uh, for being here. Thank you. Dave MacArthur. See you, bro. See ya. All right, man. Wow. Uh, that, was, uh, that, was, that was fun. You're a good man. Say hi to Moose. Give him a big hug for me, will you? All right. Hi to the family. Yeah. All right, man. Sounds good. Oh. <sighs>
every time I talk about uh, with Dave, it's just is a I I just need to take a like a take take a take a beat, you know, because he's a great guy and he's a uh, fabulous storyteller and an inspiration. I'll tell you. I love let it sink in, you know what I'm saying? Love that. Roll away your stone, I'll roll away mine. Together we can see what we will find. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing nice Studios. Time. Good morning this morning. It's of what I will discover com. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME, low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. There you go, people. You know, uh, when it comes to attitudes... I think we all kind of have that positive attitude, generally. You know, this life isn't that difficult. People make it more difficult than it should be. Try it sometimes. If somebody's uh, trying to get out of a parking lot at Schnooks, let them in. You know what I'm saying? You say that's exactly how this grace I go into a I go to into a, a, a parking lot. It's not and uh, and I never have a problem finding a parking space. You know why? I just park as far away as possible and walk. The hell! I've seen people struggle to get a parking space so close to the entrance and it's like I mean unless obviously you have a heart condition or something but you just park far away and walk it's fine you know I dare you to do this someone sneezes and you don't know them say God bless you see what happens I'll tell you what you know what you could also do Go into an elevator, and instead of looking right at your phone, say hi. Yeah, somebody's probably going to think you're going to rob them, but say hi. See how that works. It's nice. If you if you live life like you're lucky, then you're good, I think. Talking to uh, myself the other day, and I thought uh, about how sometimes e- e- easier it is just to kind of uh, instead of trying to figure stuff out, uh, embrace it. So you could do uh, twenty questions or two arms. What is your choice? Twenty questions or two arms. I think sort of the attitude comes from a. Uh, 
my my own uh, life, my own birth, really. Because I was, I basically was. See, my I I had four older siblings, and they were uh, four four you know two boys and two girls, and uh, it was just you know my mom and dad and two boys and two girls and a little you know uh, you know happy happy little family, and then suddenly uh, there was a uh, there was an accident. And it was, oh, you know what? There's another baby coming. Six years after the last one. Or seven, I don't remember what it was. And that would have been my, uh, that was my sister. And so... And so what were they going to do? They had four kids. And then seven years later, they suddenly have a baby girl. And what's the baby girl going to do? Just be by herself the whole time when they're, when they're, uh, you know, because the kids will be out. You know, they're all older. They'll be off, off, and what are you going to do with a little, just a little girl sitting here, you know? And so they said, you know what we'll do? We'll have another baby. We'll make another baby. Because Beth has to have somebody to play with. So they had me. I was born a doll. I was born to play with somebody who was an accident. So as far as I'm concerned, anything I achieve is gravy because I was put here for that reason, to play with people. I was born a doll. So I'm your doll now, right? I was born to be useful. (laughs) So that's what it goes. That's my story. I'm sticking to it, people, y'all. And I appreciate you all as we embark on a brand new frontier. In where you invest your love, you invest your life. Next week, uh, Christmas, we will have a uh, be off. I'll do some. I'll do some. Uh, I'll do some Facebook stuff, but. Uh, I want to update you earlier in the morning. I I told um, told people what was going on, and you, you might still stick around here. And um, the uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0 will officially be embarking in 2019 with a few surprises for you. Uh, first of all, you probably won't. You ultimately, we're going to be leaving Gaslight here. And ultimately, I'm, we're endeavoring to, 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 speaking of dolls, we're going to endeavor to take Matt along with us. With Play Toy Matt's going to possibly be joining us later on, wherever, but when, we, when we finally settle in. But, uh, so we, um, you, won't, you won't believe where we're winding. Well, we're actually, <laughs> the next time I actually, after Friday, the next time I actually do a... Um, a broadcast after Friday 
you'll be you'll be amazed where we're where we're doing it from. It'll be funny. It'll be actually it'll be pretty funny. And then uh, and then ultimately then I'm in as yet another uh, also by second week of January in all likelihood I'll be on a dial position. Format of the show will change just a tad because it'll we'll have some breaks, you know, obviously because you got to do that, um, and and, uh, and and we'll do do that kind of thing. And so um, we uh, will be. It'll be a little bit different, but it's not going to be that much different. So, uh, but it'll be it'll be it'll be just a little bit different. That's all. And uh, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see. But it won't be that much different. I'll have, I'll have plenty of time and, uh, and, and uh, plenty of uh, stuff to uh, get on with you about. And, and we'll have some, you know, we'll have some commercial breaks here and there, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be clutter. You know, the, the the other station where I came from is cluttered only because they 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 have to clutter it with ads because they can't they're giving things away there. But that but that's you know so if you, you before you used to have five ads, but to keep those people you got to lower your price. And to make up the difference, you gotta then have five more ads. That's why you have ten ads. It takes forever. Go away for a long time. So, but nonetheless, uh, it's gonna be great, and and we're gonna be powered up, and it'll be interesting. And then Radio Free Almond will then have all the other. Uh, we'll stack up all the other shows and get all those things in order, and. to be fascinating I'm actually uh, in preparation for some of that having dinner with uh, Governor Greitens tonight I'll tell you how that goes and we're working on something a project actually Cason's involved in that can you believe that he was always talking about that stuff so Cason has finally got me to sit down with him and eat just Something I've been avoiding for a long time. Let's go to breakfast. Let's go to breakfast and have a cup of coffee. I don't want to go to breakfast. I can't have a cocktail at breakfast. But anyway, that's what we're doing. Thank you, Dave McCarthy, for being with us, man. And you're, you're great and uh, great storytelling and. It doesn't matter whether or not the uh, the the, the halftime show at the Super Bowl is going to be boycott. It doesn't matter any of that kind of stuff. It's all it's all goodness. Did you see that story, by the way? So uh, they're, they've got all these celebrities now boycotting the Super Bowl.
you know, who, who don't want to do the do do the uh, no thanks to the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, and I guess because uh, they're snubbing the NFL, and that and that's supposedly a big deal to them, and so they're going crazy over that. The most highly coveted gigs in the music industry, but tonight many of the world's most popular artists appear to be saying no thanks to the Super Bowl halftime show. The event just weeks away and still no big act officially announced. NBC's Miguel Almaguer has details on what's reportedly behind the holdup. Yeah, so now, so now, so now we have to care about the, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the whole, uh, the athletes that snub the White House visit. It's like, you know what, don't, don't even have them at the White House then. That's so re- that's re- stupid anyway. So why give these people an opportunity to kind of uh, be snubby? But, yeah, they're snubbing the NFL. For some, the show is bigger than the game. Music royalty headlining the Super Bowl, attracting more than 100 million people. But now the NFL hitting a sour note with big stars. A lot of artists have been approached. Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Cardi B, Lauren Hill, and several others, and no one has said yes. God, the- I hope Cardi B doesn't say yes. I can't stand that woman. I, every t- I, will, I will tell you that every time Cardi B and her ghetto-ass voice comes on the radio, I basically just I turn the station. I don't care whether it's Maroon 5 or not, but I hope Cardi B isn't there. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. With big stars. A lot of artists have been approached. Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Cardi B, Lauren Hill, and several others, and no one has said yes. I'd go see Lauren Hill, though. I like Lauren Hill. She's awesome. I don't think she likes me, though. I think she's kind of on the side, but I defend. But she, she also, I think she's like a tax evader and stuff like that. But I still like Lauren Hill. Backlash comes on the heels of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. The former 49er who protested racial injustice has not been signed by another team. Believe in something. His movement going mainstream. Artists like Jay Z snubbing the NFL. As much good as it might do for an artist's career, it could do just as much bad for the audience that they already have. But now it's all good, babe. With Maroon 5 rumored to be this year's headliner, the NFL only promising another epic show. The stage now set on what happens off the field before the NFL's big night. So I guess they just think that we are all sitting on the edges of our seat uh, waiting to see what's going to happen. And I have to tell you, these uh, celebrities uh, boycotting on behalf of Kaepernick, it's amazing because the NFL actually continues to kind of kowtow and suck up to the the left, it seems. Because remember that there was a – there was a Super Bowl ad that was uh, the veterans group AMVETS and, 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 and wanted to ask people to, to stand up for the national anthem, you know, and this was, a, this was a veterans group. And the NFL said, no, we, we don't want to – we're not going to uh, – we're not going to take this. We're not, we're not going to uh, put this ad on. And, and it's like the, so the NFL has bent over backwards, in my opinion, 
to uh, be in a situation where they're they're kowtowing to the people who don't want people to stand for the national anthem. So why is the NFL now being punished by celebrities on behalf of of Kaepernick when the NFL seemingly has uh, has even denied? the veterans a chance to speak about standing up for the national anthem. It seemingly no good deed is going unpunished for the NFL on this one. And, and, and these celebrities were deciding, well, we don't know. uh, We don't think we're going to, we're going to be part of this. It's like, well, then, 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 then don't be. But for whatever reason, uh, now it's, it, 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 like NBC loves the fact that they are, uh, they're going to, you know, be in a situation where they can they can kind of uh, hold out on the NFL. But the fact of the matter is uh, this is this is not a uh, a good thing for the NFL or for the or good look or for the celebrities who are, you know, now giving them giving the ro- uh, royal treatment by the, the news organizations. I could I heard a pretty, pretty good joke. About I th- I can't remember what it was. It was always about some really terrible uh, like limo driver, you know. And uh, they were talking about how you know uh, some guy. I think it was Stern's limo driver. And uh, what is his name again? Uh, limo driver. And it was a really good joke. She goes uh, um, that 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 uh, whenever uh, oh God, what is his name? Damn it, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie the limo driver. And the joke was that whenever when, when Ronnie limo driver gives his passengers the royal treatment, as in <laughs> Lady Diana, <laughs> which isn't funny. I mean, well, it is actually, I'm sorry, it actually is kind of funny. All right, so uh, now time has a, a word of the year, Okay. Now, now keep keep in mind, uh, you have the Miriam Webster's uh, uh, is is usually every year they choose like the word of the year, and, and again, uh, you know, with, between man of the year and word of the year and lists and things like that, that's probably the that's probably one of the most uh, uh, insufferable parts of the holiday generally are these lists that people compile or best of memorable this top stories of the it's like whoa please it's just just leave it alone so anyway uh we've got the uh time magazine wants uh miriam webster to choose justice as its 2018 word of the year and and uh, and and the and the other one I think they're thinking of is uh, is the word toxic. So uh, Miriam Webster, and this is from Time Magazine, the American company based in Springfield, Mass, chooses its word of the year a little differently than other dictionaries. While every film tries to anoint a word that's a firm tries to anoint a word that sums up the preoccupation of the past year, Merriam Webster also requires that, according to its own data, the word be one that people were looking up a lot more than usual. 
There were big spikes for several words in 2018, like when everyone raced to look up the meaning of Lodestar. L-O-D-E-S-T-A-R, hoping it would help lead to the identity of a Trump administration official who wrote a notoriously anonymous op-ed. Or when people mulled the word maverick after admirers used it to uh, eulogize John McCain. Did people really go and look up the word maverick? Uh, What does maverick mean? I think I'm going to go. Who... Who went and looked up the word maverick in the dictionary? I guess somebody did because they went to uh, – because Merriam-Webster has data that shows what people are looking up. But how how are you you looking up the word maverick? How is – if you're not like maybe – maybe if you're like 10 years old. Yet there was one word that kept spiking all year, according to Merriam-Webster. One whose familiarity belies its complexity. One that could seem both inevitable and unattainable. Justice. So somewhere along the line, somebody, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, people flocked to the dictionary to look up the word justice. Now, who in the hell did did, did that? And, and now I understand that sometimes we all have our different uh, different opinions about what uh, justice is. But did did you really look up justice? Now there are other uh, word of the year selections that have already been made. Oxford Dictionaries uh, chose toxic as, as, as a, a word to look up, and uh, Dictionary.com chose misinformation as a word to look up, as a word, a most popular word. And my question is, I, I, I need, I need uh, to look up a phrase uh, that will define all of this, and the phrase should be, who the hell cares? How does that sound? Let's look that up. All right, uh, coming up in just about an hour, we have the sentencing of uh, General Flynn. Now, keep in mind that uh, my prediction still stands, and I believe it's going to uh, going to come about, although I've, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But I am predicting that General Flynn gets no jail time at all. And I predict that a lot of that is going to be based on the 302 that has been released by the Justice Department. It will be released by the Mueller team. And the uh, the Mueller team has redacted a lot of this 302. The 302 is a report that's basically uh, uh, a report about the conversation about interviews. So let's, for instance, let's say, oh, when they interviewed Hillary Clinton. Oh, they didn't have a 302? Oh, Peter Strzok didn't take notes? Oh, that's interesting. So remember they, they, they interviewed Hillary Clinton, and you realize that it's the one time where the FBI decided they weren't going to take any notes. you have any notes? No. Who did the interview? Peter Strzok? Oh, 
You mean the guy who hated Trump? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Wouldn't you love to know, have, see a 302 from an interview with Hillary Clinton? They didn't, they didn't do one, which is not the first time the FBI has uh, not followed protocol, right? Because James Comey, the weirdest dude on the planet, and he's a weird dude, by the way. I know you've watched him plenty on TV. Try seeing him in person sometimes speak for 45 minutes. You're like, that's one hell of a weird dude right there. I mean, I, I don't know many men who are that, well, or women for that matter, but who are that full of themselves. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever really seen anybody that self-absorbed and self-obsessed. I, I, I really have never seen anybody or heard anybody like that. Yeah, I have. I, well, I, there's one guy on the radio like that. But, but, I, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I've never heard uh, anybody in that capacity that way. Yeah, but but that was pretty crazy. So anyway, James Comey bragged about how he broke protocol when he said that, oh, we went to go, we sent our FBI agents into the White House uh, knowing basically that uh, it was kind of in disarray. They didn't have all their stuff together yet. And so we took advantage of that. That's what that's what Comey said. We we took advantage of the fact that they were in disarray. And, and guess who didn't have a lawyer when he talked to the FBI? General Flynn. And then you got the three hundred two there. So we don't even know what it is that they're claiming Flynn lied about. I mean, other than you know, obviously surrounding the meeting with this ambassador, but we don't really know what he supposedly lied about. And, and we're also now getting information that he, uh, in all a likelihood, only pleaded guilty because the uh, Mueller team was threatening to go after his son, and General Flynn was bankrupting himself, paying for legal fees. And that's the only reason he just finally gave in, so... Hopefully, all that will be taken into account when, when the sentencing time comes. And, and I'm hoping, although this probably won't happen, this is probably wishful thinking, I'm actually hoping that the judge in sentencing Flynn admonishes the Justice Department and, the, and, and admonishes the FBI and the investigators. Because, you know, that judge is the one who wanted to see this material, right? That judge is the one who, who asked for that. In fact, after Comey was bragging, the judge's like, um, can I see, have more information about this? And, and, and so, uh, that, that's, that should play a part in the sentencing. I hope on the other hand, it could still go, it could go South and general Flynn sentenced to 700 years in prison and whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I would like to see uh, General Flynn walk. Did you see Les Moonves, by the way? Just really quickly before we got to go here. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's denied $120 million in severance 
CBS saying that he's not going to receive his 120 mil severance package after the board of directors concluded he violated company policy and was uncooperative with an investigation into sexual misconduct allegations. So they say, we're not giving you the, uh, we're not giving you the 120 mil. Although I'm sure they're going to give him some money. And I, and I also am pretty sure and, and fairly certain that he's going to wind up uh, suing CBS and probably getting some money, but that's the latest on him. So uh, tomorrow uh, we'll talk about that. By the way, Rick Pogue, uh, thank you, Rick. Uh, thank you, buddy, for your support of Radio Free Almond and uh, with Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing. Thank you uh, a ton for all that. And Rick's going to be in tomorrow, and we'll uh, – We'll just uh, chat and talk, and he's a good guy, and I always love having him in, but we've been trying to get him in for a while. And then uh, Jimmy Talent is going to be joining us as well. Judge Napolitano had a uh, speaking engagement today. Uh, Otherwise, I would have been able to ask him uh, about, and he's had a lot of these in the morning these days, these breakfasts. And so he was on Fox and Friends earlier and was on Shepard Smith yesterday. He actually thinks that, uh, that, that, that there are, Trump is indictable at this point. So uh, judge uh, causing a little bit of controversy. would love to have him on today, but he just couldn't be there today. And then he'll be off until the new year because he takes a long, long Christmas vacation. So, well, we won't be here next week anyway. So good morning this morning, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. And oh, Doug Giles, I forgot to tell you guys, I'm going to post something in just one second. Doug Giles has a brand new painting out. Darn it, I forgot to do that yesterday. And you know, it happens. So busy. So busy. I'm way too busy. Let me see. Let me find it here real quickly. There we go. He's got his... uh, He's got his 2020 Trump re-election poster, Highway to D.C., the 2020 tour. And it's uh, President Trump with a guitar in his hand, and it's great, man. I asked him if I could put that um, up on the web, and he said, yes, sir. So I'm going to put that up right after I get off the air here on Radio Free Almond. And you'll see it. He'll t- and it gives you a tip on how to get a hold of it and everything else. So it's really cool. And Doug will be on with us on Friday. Thank you to Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing, ddtruckusa.com. Also, thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time, my friends. Come on now. Home Auto Life. Thank you also to Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com, 314-567-GOLD. That's where you can go ahead and get a refi and not have to pay a mortgage payment for two months, people. February, January, February, at this point, it's probably March. By the time you close everything, it'll be March before you have to pay another mortgage payment. That's pretty awesome. Dr. Deputy, thank you, buddy. DeputiWellness.com. You know, with Dave earlier, we were talking about concussions and brain injuries and that kind of thing. Dave, uh, Dr. Deputy's all over that. And he's got that new location, Champions Village, which is uh, designed for young athletes, old athletes, you name it. 
And aside from his uh, offices in Chesterfield as well as South County there. Thepootywellness.com, my friends. Good morning this morning. The Pooty Wellness. Say it. Don't spray it. Thank you to Tracy Ellis and Rick. TracyEllis.com. Appreciate you as always. Loving you. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Don't